What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Unspoiled, covering Sandman, Volume 6, Fables and Reflections, Part 2. In this episode, we discuss August and a rich man pretending to be a poor man for a day. And Orpheus doing the thing that Orpheus is just gonna do because that's <laughs> destiny or something. I don't know. And then Ramadan when somebody actually decides to try and preserve something beautiful. Hopefully that worked out. Welcome to Unspoiled. Mr. Sandman. Okay. Everybody, welcome to the show. My name is Natasha. I'm Anton. I'm Miles. And I'm Owen. Yay! We have our special guest today. What's up, dude? How's it going? I'm pretty sure I've only been on this once before because I think the other time that I was a guest on the podcast, it it got lost. Maybe. I feel like you've been on twice, but I could be wrong about that. Weren't you on for... Oh, I was on the for the first one, wasn't I? Yep, you were on for yeah. the first one, then you came on for the, the one that d- d- got deleted. Oh, and I was on the second one, too. You were on Doll's House, too. Because yeah. that's my, my personal favorite. It's oh, been right. a while, though. Yeah, Hi, I'm Owen. If, if you haven't heard me before, I'm the one who's not a professional podcaster. He is super adorable, though, so I think that makes up for I it. I am super adorable. <laughs> Yeah. Also, can we ease up on the professional maybe a little bit? Like um, in my in my case, you guys are pretty professional. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> you guys are all charming young happening cats. I'm just saying that my podcasting career at this point does not meet the dictionary definition of professional. <laughs> I'm really thinking about that. Like, I don't consider myself a professional either. Uh, You're closer <laughs> of, than me. Out though. of everyone here, in the time, babe. Well, just because I have the most shows doesn't mean like. But you make money off of it. Yeah, I guess. You're I just feel like professional. I feel like I have to be like sanctioned by someone or something. <laughs> You've got a but, big room full of money that you jump into. And I run. I I roll around in it before every show. Going, Wait, yeah. Are, are you saying you didn't run this by the podcasting league? Because if not, we're all in a little <laughs> bit of trouble here. The podcast ladies auxiliary. Yeah, her, right. her given name, her given last name before she married is was uh, McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I don't actually have a room full of money. I have a room full of Patreon logos that I cut out of paper <laughs> and scatter on you the You have floor. a room full of Bitcoins. <laughs> um, and by full, I mean empty because Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have one giant Bitcoin and I just slam my body against it. It's really awkward. You always bring it to bed, which is weird. It's becoming a weird thing, Natasha. I have a giant teddy bear that I've named Bitcoin. And uh, Owen is no longer able to fit in the bed. He sleeps on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the butter glider from so, Adventure Brothers. So this weird tangent has nothing to do with Sam, man. Um, well, you were the one who brought it up, Mr. Professional. Um, Anyone who listened to our last episode on Fables and Reflections knows that we might not be very good at sticking strictly to the script on for this particular trade because it's all over the fucking it place. It is all over the place. I was going to ask y'all, how do you think this volume compares to the other one that is all one-shots? What's that one called? Green Green Country? Country? I like this this volume a lot better. Yeah, this is like a million times better, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think so sure. I think Dream Country had a couple that were real duds for me. And um you know, there was I mean, the Midsummer Night's Dream one, I'd give a pass because I just don't know the references, right. so I don't hold that against it. But the um what do you call it? Element Girl was uh, just yeah, super was pointless I'm to actually, me. I'm actually really fond of the Element Girl one. Like Really? Yeah, yeah that one all like I haven't reread it in a long time, but when I first read it, like I thought it was so sad. Like, it was, as far as emotional impacts, one of the best ones for me. But like I said, I haven't read it in a while. But you also, I think, maybe have more reference. Because for me, I didn't know who she was. Not, I didn't care. Like, and... sort of. She's like a spinoff character. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of like how Batgirl is a spinoff character of Batman. And she's actually, like, pretty obscure. Like, I think she'd only had, like, five or six appearances before that. Like, I had never read a story with her. Okay. But... There was... There was nothing in Fables and Reflections that, like, freaked me out the first time I read it the way that, like, Calliope did. So I think that Dream Country is a little bit more just, in terms of raw, memorable, you know, stuff, I think that one resonates with me a little bit more. Mm. I think that uh, Fables and Reflections is objectively better written. What was Calliope? Calliope's the, the one. Music gets raped and kidnapped. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah, she shows up in Song of Orpheus too. That, that one that's a super big bummer. Oh yeah, um, and, and a Dream of a Thousand Cats is pretty good. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Dream Country's good, but this is good too. I mean, this I like Dream too. of a Thousand like Cats, but it like for me, it it's almost as if we had Dream Country felt more like if we had taken the opening of um, Fear of Falling and put that as one of the actual main stories instead of it being just like a little tag at the beginning it fear of falling just had no impact on me whatsoever uh, pun intended oh, no, fear, of, fear of falling was and that's how i felt about a couple nothing. of them in dream country was that i read them yeah. and i was like i feel like i'm supposed to have a reaction for me that nothing. midsummer's night dream is just such a speed bump yeah um, see i i love that one to death so but all right, this is not a Dream Country episode. It's not, so, that's right. Let's begin talking fable. about August. Um, there is... Th this opens up with a brief like flashback about a boy who is 16, uh, laying in the dark, not crying, waiting to hear somebody. And waiting for, for me, I was like, yeah, so this kid's waiting to get raped. 
was like my immediate thought. Par- partially to blame is George R. R. Martin, the squeal <laughs> of a rusty hinge. Oh, right. From, yeah. Yeah. So or- that was what I kept picturing in my head was I was waiting for fucking uh, Euron you Greyjoy to show up. Plus Greeks. I mean, come on. And Greeks. No, Rome. Oh, yeah, Rome. Same fucking thing. Oh, shit. Flame war starting. I I would just like to apologize (laughs) to all of our Greco-Roman listeners. (laughs) I apologize to the people who still worship Jupiter and Athena that we may have... No, sorry. Her Roman name is Pallas. My mistake. Don't hate on us. Oh, shit. Don't go all all Juno on us. I (laughs) care. Because we know she is cray cray. Yeah, minister of the Greco-Roman mythology. Yeah, don't don't have J.K. Simmons be your dad, and don't get knocked up by Michael Sarah. And... Get it? Don't get talk it, on your Juno. hamburger phone. Get it? <laughs> oh wow! Just, that that took, that one took me a while, man. I like that movie though. I, I like haven't you. seen that movie since it came out, so I had to really is... scramble for references. I really enjoy that film. Anything with J.K. Simmons, man. <laughs> There's a meme um, on the internet that I need to find and show it to you guys, but it's basically a um, a guy. It's it's in the Judeo. It says in the Judeo Christian tradition, and there's a little kid saying, "My dad is God," and everyone's like, "Ooh, ah!" And then it's like in the Greco-Roman tradition, "My dad is a god." So am I. <laughs> Not that exciting, kid. Well, you know what's funny about the uh, Song of Ice and Fire comparison is that that we then immediately get a dwarf. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he um, also a Targaryen? Right. <laughs> Probably. Ly- Lysias? Lysias? I think Lysias, yeah. Lysias, yes, Lysias. Um, and, yeah, he's going to visit the uh, Caesar, Caesar Augustus, and uh, shows him how to put soap on himself and then vinegar, which makes it bubble and look like they have festering wounds and sores and diseases and whatnot so that they can be effective uh, beggars. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's a much, I wish that the dudes in Slumdog Millionaire knew about this method because Lord I like knows. how he's like, I like how he's always like, this is quote unquote soap, a mixture of bone and fat and ashes. You may not have heard of it. <laughs> like he doesn't say that, but that's and, implied. And Caesar's like weird. Yeah. Caesar's <laughs> like, it smells fucking terrible. <laughs> Didn't he even say it's like from the far East or Egypt or somewhere like somewhere. Persia. Persia. It's Persia. Persia. Brad Pitt. Or at least the the method is from Persia. Um, My friend is called a spoon. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, he is going out to the uh, main square to beg with Lysias, and he is talking about the fact that he paid for the Temple of Avenging Mars over here, which. I really enjoy the fact that he specifically, Lysia specifically says, that's a lovely temple, Caius. And he's yeah. like, oh, the one that I built? I'm like, Lysia, did somebody give you like a listing of all the things that Caesar Augustus had built? And was like, make sure to comment on each of these that's, as you pass by. I think that happened off panel. Like, it was actually uh, Caesar handed him a, a little index card with things that he could bring up. It was a... a <laughs> 
A panderer's tour of Rome with Caesar Augustus. Here are all the things that you are allowed to compliment me Ju- for. Julius Caesar, in, in parentheses, I knew him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, like, isn't that basically how um, you, when you do an interview with some, some celebrities that are very, like, sensitive about certain topics, you're only allowed, like, these are the acceptable topics to discuss around Donald Trump. Yep. Don't talk about how he's Batman. He wants to keep that a secret. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> um, oh god, <laughs> Trump again. Trump, and all of Trump, them. I mean, got all of them. I like to bring Trump up whenever possible because he's so cartoony that he just suits every ridiculous situation. And There's I, always uh, a place I, for Trump. I saw a clip online this morning of Mike Huckabee defending the denial of an abortion to that raped ten-year-old and yeah. Wherever it was, Paraguay. Yep. Yeah, that 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 pissed me off. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about that because I just get okay. rage rage blind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. All right. So I've eaten dried dates, a few raisins, a glass of watered wine. That will satisfy me until this evening. Will it? You fucking madman! He's, he's old. Yeah, what is wrong with you? <laughs> he says I seldom eat much, and I'm like, okay, but Jesus. I like how he doesn't. He say he's like seventy. Yeah, but at one point he grabs a rat and squ- like breaks it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I love that he's like, really? Gosh, I thought that. Well, you'd eat, you know, larks' tongues and sow's udders, all that fancy stuff. Hit the vomitorium and back again for more. <laughs> I had read somewhere that the vomitorium wasn't a real thing, but I kind of want it to be because it's just so insane. Because you're such a Hunger Games fan. I really love decadence to excess to the point of being offensive. Um, So never put down an empty begging bowl, which any barista will tell you. You definitely always stick a dollar in that tip jar. Yep. And, uh, And then he says, is this something else your actors learn? And he says... Beggars, not actors. And there's something very like, I don't know, just the fact that he's like, you don't throw us all in together, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, we're doing begging right now, but that's not just what I do. Then he goes on for a while about how much he hates actors. I really Uh, want him to go on for a while about how I'm just begging for right now, but I'm also, you know, just got a small part somewhere and I'm (laughs) waiting tables, but that's just my side job. I'm networking with producers. Exactly. I sure sure hate actors and also dwarfs. Brunettes, too. (laughs) People who hate me. I hate them the most. (laughs) And Kenny. Um, And yeah, he says, uh, you banned any men of noble birth from the stage. And he says, I let you remain on the stage. I'm the only one. And look at me. What else am I going to do? I see your point, Lacious. Today, (laughs) I need an actor. I love that. I see your point. Fuck you. I need things. Let's stop talking about you and the fact that I fucked you over. Don't care. Okay, cool. I fucked over all your friends. And I don't have any feelings about this. Yeah. Um, and then let's hope you do better than Pallades. Pallades was adult. He deserved his banishment. Ouch. He only gave the audience the finger when they hissed him. You didn't have to banish him. I've heard people be rude as shit to you. You didn't bat an eyelid. I am a man. I matter little. Pallades was disrespectful to Rome. He was lucky I didn't have him killed. Actors. Actors. Chink! Yeah. Um, 
I love that every time throughout the issue, every time someone tosses in some coins into his begging bowl, he immediately stops what he's saying and responds with, thank you, citizen. May the gods bless you and give you virtuous children. Bless you, bless you, bless you. I like that he calls them citizen, like he's RoboCop. <laughs> thank you, citizen. Well, we talked about um, we talked about Thermidor last time. This episode, you know, directly followed Thermidor, and Citizen was what they called themselves, called each other during the Reign of Terror as well. Yeah, or sort of like how in uh, in post communist revolution places, they sure, comrade, comrade, brother, comrade. comrade. That's, right. That's also what they say in uh, the Wire when they're talking about non non gangsters. Basically, there. Well, she was just a citizen. You know, somebody that was mm-hmm. that was a innocent bystander and not actually or involved in the game. Answer. Yeah, yeah, but totally different meanings, though. It's interesting. Um, okay, so he asks the he asks Caesar why he's doing this, and Caesar says, "I had a dream." And rather than say, "Well, what was the dream?" Lacius is like, "I once had a dream," and I'm like, "Really?" Like, first of all, come on, man. You're just going to right away make this about you. And two, I once <laughs> had a dream. Once. One time. <laughs> that gold was buried beneath an olive tree on my father's estate, and I dug for a day but found nothing. Good story. That reminds me of this one time <laughs> when I had a dream. When uh, there was this, this one farmer's time? daughter. <laughs> you you don't bring that up, sir. I want to have it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Want to know now? <laughs> Natasha was a farmer's daughter. I was a farmer's daughter wearing Daisy Dukes and a tiny mm-hmm. patterned shirt. And Are you sure this wasn't a dream and not <laughs> you guys doing your spare time with cameras? It's what we, he we did have a good vacation. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, moving on as <laughs> I turn pink. Many dreams come through the gates of ivory, Lysias, and they lie. A few dreams come through the gates of horn, and they speak to us truly. Rot row. So what's the deal with that? The gates of horn and ivory? In the preludes and nocturnes, when we were first introduced to the the dreaming, that's what the gates are. The two gates when you walk into the dreaming. I do not remember that whatsoever. I don't remember that either. That's correct. That's the the description of what what the gates were when you um, first entered the dreaming. Oh. Yeah. Maybe they should reference that more than just the one time at the beginning of the first volume (laughs) forever ago. I, I think about that a lot when I read this series that, like, I can't, like, 
reading it volume to volume is one thing, but reading it month to month, I can't imagine doing that. Like, yeah, we've talked about this before. You, you would have to reread it like every year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what would have helped is um, comics is such a visual media. They should have actually done instead of them just sitting with the panel, them just talking with the speech bubbles coming up every so often as they speak. They should have done a cut to the dreaming itself, and then their speech superimposed over the. You know the the gates of ivory and, and ebony. Um, if they're or, or horn, sorry, that's how I feel. If they had, ebony did they do an illustration of them? I know I was waiting for somebody to. They do did that. an illustration of them in Preludes and Nocturnes. Um, let me. Pull if it they up. if they did an illustration and then they like called back that same illustration, that might have jogged my memory a little bit more. But yeah, as it is, I have like you telling me about it right now. It still doesn't ring any I mean, bells. It's not like it really matters. He had a dream. He's pretty sure the dream is true. And in this case, you know, if you all you get out of remembering that is like knowing that holy shit, this guy has some actual idea of how things actually work. But that's important. Useful. It's yeah, it's useful, but it's not actually required because we do get the dream later on and we know he actually talks to morpheus so we're pretty sure he's on the up and up here well i knew Uh, like i know that he is but it's much different to know to have him speak so specifically of something like that and not put it down to crazy ranting old man who's just kind of a i never got that from it like i didn't remember that from the first volume but i just figured it was like a roman tradition oh no it's from Uh, it's pretty much part of the world building element well it gives some. They, it gives some use credence it. to what he says later about prophecies and his and his own. Um, it makes him reliable with the things he says later. Well, I think they use it in volume one, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Neil Gaiman made it up. Like it could still be a Roman uh, myth or whatever, and it was just appropriated in the first volume. That's Let's true. Bring it up. I'm looking it up. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Every spring I have terrible dreams, evil dark dreams, but they are lies. They are not true dreams, but there are true dreams. My life was saved in Philippi by a dream. Once the Capitoline Jupiter himself appeared to me in a dream and then, and then there was the dream that sent me here. If dream it was. And then back to Lysias, who is not still not curious about the dream that sent him here. Once I dreamed that the divine Julius himself appeared to me on stage when I forgot my lines. Dude, shut up. Nobody cares about your dumb, pointless dreams. Let's ask him about the dream that makes him go begging once a day. That's way more interesting. Um, All right. So the uh, the Gates of Horn and Ivory actually are a real thing uh, in literature, uh, originating in Greek literature in Homer. Um, the Odyssey, the Aeneid... Uh, Socrates, stuff like that. So they they are they are a real uh, myth. Suck it, uh, bro. <laughs> yep. Suck it, bro. You you gentlemen, you and your sweetness to each other. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a lady. <laughs> um, and then we go to a quick flashback. The boy is twelve. His grandmother's pyre burns fiercely in the summer heat. He reads the oration with pride, pride in his lineage, pride in the Republic. The boy misses his grandmother. He does not cry. The man arrives late. The boy has never seen him before, but there is no mistaking him. His uncle, his hero, his God. And then it comes back to Augustus. His eyes, that's what I remember the first time. His eyes. And Lysias, family, it must be nice to have a proper family. Mine are sort of embarrassed by me. They're okay in their way. He really does just keep talking about him, Every doesn't he? Every I mean, time. He really doesn't, like, I just, I mean, 
I don't mind somebody like relating things back to their own lives when you're having a conversation because that can give an indication that they know where you're coming from or relate to you or whatever. But he's not actually seeming to listen to anything except for the very surface of what's being said. And then, you know, tunes in when it's time for him to say something and then tunes right back out again is how it feels. Um, Caesar picked the wrong guy to go begging with. (laughs) Family. The family is the foundation stone on which the empire is built. I don't have any children or a wife. Probably never will. And then fucking Augustus. I don't have children. I have running sores. Oh, no. I don't want to hear that. A daughter who shamed me and my granddaughter, Julia. Her legs must have gaped for half of Rome, men and women. Good on, oh, Julia. Good job. Dear. <laughs> All hail Caesar. There's something about saying gaped that's just so fucking awful. Gaped. Ew. Gaped. Um, and then... Gaped. gaped. You stop it, you. And then one of the guys asks another as they're passing, aren't you going to give him a coin, Marcus? Why? If the god, if the gods will that he cannot work, then let the gods feed him and give him coins. I'm like, oh, it's a real libertarian over here. And I really like the fact that <laughs> he's like, he'd piss himself if he knew who you really were. But Caesar's like, yeah, well, he had a point. God's will, you know. <laughs> I was just like, well, then, okay. Which I kind of appreciate because, you know, like if he hadn't been begging, you know that normally that would have been his, uh, you know, his stance on it. Right. But even when he is in that position, he's like, nope, he's right. I'm just <laughs> doing this for the day. <laughs> I if really... I was a real loser, then I'd be fucked. Right, exactly. I really like to uh, imagine like sort of on what you had brought up earlier that I said not to talk about at all, but I'm going to bring it up one more time. Um Somebody who is gets pregnant by rape and people try and say that, well, you know, you should bear the child because it was God's will and it could be a blessing. And I just want to say, like, start using that for everybody every time anything even really small and irritating happens. Like they're <laughs> they get the wrong order That's at a what diner. Evangelicals do. And then you just say, well, you should probably eat that burger, though, even though you ordered a grilled cheese because it was God's will for you to have a burger. So you really just shouldn't say anything. Just shut up and eat it. I totally God have... really wanted you to stub your toe just now. I exactly. Totally have family members like that. Oh, I'm sure they are miserable to be around. <laughs> like, just let me be angry. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, I think that's the most irritating part is that you're supposed to just not have emotions surrounding certain things because you have to accept, accept, accept. And you can accept and be angry. That's totally possible. But yeah, your car breaks down on the side of the road. Well, God just didn't want you to get there. God wants you to sit here and wait for somebody to come and help you. And if somebody comes to help you, that's God's will. And if they don't, God just wanted you to starve to death and die. God wanted you to call AAA. And (laughs) you really need to watch The Simpsons, Natasha. I have Everyth- I have had her watch The Simpsons. It everything, does nothing everything. for her. That's yeah, not man. true. You always say that. It's not that it does nothing for me. It's just that it's different from coming from where I come from now than when they well, then it was on. I mean, it's just been riffed off of so much in so many different ways that going back to it, it feels familiar. Everything you're like, saying is reminding me of the episode where uh, where Ned. Flanders, you know, the man of the the consummate Christian who totally has the attitude of, oh, well, it's God's will, like, finally fucking snaps. <laughs> that is a good episode. That's a great episode. What What is it that finally makes him snap at the end? Oh, it's a combination of things. I'm, I, I'm sure it involves Homer, though. It always does. <laughs> oh, Homer. Oh, I thought it was the episode where, oh, never mind. 
Can I, it's, it's, the hur- it's the hurricane. Yeah, it's the hurricane. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was the episode where his wife T- Tune in next week for, to our uh, Simpsons podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he says, I have three duties. I am head of state. I am head of army. I am chief priest. And right back to, I sometimes doubt the gods exist. I've never seen one. Holy shit. He really cannot stay on topic. See, I, I kind of liked him when I was reading this, but now you're pointing out every little obnoxious thing he does, and now I kind of hate him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a ruiner. I ruin things. That's what I do. I'm going to do this to you one day. Just, like, do this every single time you talk to me. <laughs> um, when we are initiated into the mysteries of Elysius, is that how you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we see and hear many strange things. No, the gods exist. Uh, gods exist. I have seen them. And there are others who stand behind the gods. Those whom even Jupiter must own his superiors. Who could be greater than Jupiter, the greatest and most powerful? I really appreciate that you actually interacted with what he said in that moment, Lysias. Thank you. Uh, Terminus, the god of boundaries. Jupiter must bow to him. Boundaries are the most important of things. And secondly, but I do not know who they are. <laughs> they are whispered of in inner mysteries. The seven who are not prayed to, who are not gods, who were never men. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, God. And I, I'm, I'm seeing it too now. Then again, he's just like fucking not paying attention. I wonder what it's like being a god. Mm-hmm. You know, I, hear, I, I hear girls go to Jupiter to get more stupider. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't. I didn't hear that one. What is it? What do boys go? I think it's like interchangeable. It's like, uh, no, it's boys go to Mars to become rock stars or something. I believe. I thought it was uh, boys go to college to get more knowledge. What? <laughs> I never well, heard that one. According to Greco-Roman traditions, girls when go to Jupiter to get stupid pregnant. <laughs> stupid when the pregnant. fuck did you grow up? The forties? They get they gape their legs for Jupiter. And sometimes um, no, I mean, you have to with form Jupiter. Of a and get you pregnant in that form because we don't. Apparently, that made sense. Goose. That I thought I it want was you a to. No, he was. I a want swan. you to try sleeping with Jupiter without gaping your legs. <laughs> try it. Try it sometime. If he's a swan, you might not have to. A swan. You might barely know what's even happening. Well, this is swan keep rubbing on me. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's say. Okay. Oh, Where or or you could say they they say that my mother Atia fell asleep at the temple of Apollo and a snake made its way into her womb and fertilized her. See, she didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was just one of those you know those snake babies. <laughs> what is it true? Of course not. My mother was entered by nothing more remarkable than my father's penis. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, I was a boy. I prayed to Mercury to make me taller. Thanks for that fucking story. What is this guy here for? <laughs> you know what it is? Um, I think that um, Caesar Augustus just needs someone to talk to. He doesn't care anyone. And I think he also wants someone with discretion. So I don't think he could trust anybody else to just do this with him. Because I'm pretty sure if he got some notorious socialite within the inner, like, within the inner workings of Roman society, he would have been, like, gossiping to the next person. Oh, look what, what I did with the Caesar. And it'll be all over the scribes the next day. So he's like, I'll pick this asshole who no one likes because he always just babbles aimlessly. This reminds me so much of a friend of mine. And I, and I uh... Uh-oh. I, well, no, I'm not going to out the friend. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Steve, you know who you are. <laughs> no! No! Uh... 
it's like he just wanted to find somebody who was so completely tactless that even though he knew he was emperor, he wouldn't stop having a conversation with him. <laughs> like, you know, somebody who just would go on and on and on. But what's funny about that is that at some point on the same page, like, uh, Caius kind of shuts him up. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you know how many men I've personally killed? And he's like, no. Yeah, me either. I lost count. Long um... time ago. <laughs> And he's like, okay. And then he starts paying attention, I think. Finally. Yeah. You're practically a god already. When I am a god, I will no longer be scared. Mm -hmm. I liked that. And then the old man wakes in the night, sweating and cold. He listens to the silence for one sick moment, afraid that he has fallen back in time, is once more a quivering boy. In the darkness, he fears that the whole of his life since that black night has been nothing more than a fever's dream. He shouts for a storyteller. There is always a storyteller waiting in the anteroom. The old man sleeps alone, but solitude scares him. The gaudy tales of brass men and dragon's teeth comfort him, and a child again, he sleeps. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, this whole... So fucking sad. sad. Um, then he, they know, he notices that everybody's kind of bailed. Asks where they all are. And um, Lysia says that everybody goes inside during midday. Only mad dogs, Britons, and beggars stay out in this heat. Um, Fucking Britons. Right? And they count up their money. Not doing it too... Not doing too well. And uh, finally... Lysias asks, well, why are we doing this? I'm like, maybe if you'd asked that question when he started talking about the dream that he obviously wanted to discuss and you totally ignored, you would know. But no, I had a dream that my dad had gold buried under a tree in the yard. Shut the hell up. (laughs) Anyway. Wouldn't it be great? Like, I'm going to, like, make copies of this character and, like, paste him into future volumes. (laughs) (laughs) So like uh, Morpheus will be like up. consulting with the uh with the with the three ladies and he'll just show up and be like one time I had eye of newt. <laughs> oh. It didn't taste very good. My newt's got no eyes anymore anyway, so you just have to take the whole newt. It's weird. You know what? I'm pretty sure he's actually an agent of the saints cuz they like the troll people. <laughs> That's true. That's are. right. He's the original troll. The way the the un the un uh, the unseen panel at the end of this issue was that he walks away, enters a portal, ends up to where the gray ladies are, and is like, "Job's done," and they're like, "Excellent, excellent." I, now I'm actually thinking that he's probably Loki in disguise. Oh, nice! I like it. Um, so the first time I met him was at my grandfather grandmother's funeral. I saw him next when I was 16. He was campaigning in Spain. He sent for me. I was so excited. It's like how- I'm done being interrupted. I can tell the story. Right? But at the time, it was an adventure, a boy's story. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It was a chapter of disasters. First, we were shipwrecked. Then I was forced to fight my way across country, held by the enemy, just to be with him. He was my uncle, you see. He was the greatest man in the world. He was my hero, and he was Caesar. I spent some time with him in Spain. He was to have taken me on his next expedition. He planned to have me always by his side. I went on to Apollonia to wait for him, and it was there that I heard he had been assassinated and had named me as his heir. I was 18, and I left that day for Rome to avenge him. Lysias, you must have loved him very much. Hmm? No. I hated him. <laughs> Lysias has this Duh! look on his face behind him in that panel that I'm just kind of in love with. I had an uncle that I hated. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not for the same reasons. <laughs> no, he's just imitating Lysias. I had an uncle that I hated once. I didn't avenge him when he died. I spat in his corpse. I've uh, been to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, let's see. I'm looking at the uh, the next... Um, the lawyer, my father told me about him, a great man. Yes, a fine mind, honorable man, the last of the giants. Oh, I am the last of the giants. And then Cicero, whatever happened to him? I had him killed. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. I am not a vain man, Lysias. I'm like, wait, what is that segue? I never said you were. This name I have taken, Augustus, it was not taken from vanity, but from piety, trusting that my reign would augur well for Rome. But what happened to Cicero? Why did he have him killed? What happened? Maybe I want to know. You should Cicero dig. Was, I mean, the people that supported um, maintaining the Republic after Caesar died, he was one of the conspirators that had Caesar stabbed yeah. or participated in the stabbing. I think so. Yeah. So, is You he... know, I had Cicero killed once. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Cicero... So um, basically what happened was the only way, since when, remember Caesar, he, when he was assassinated by Brutus and the, that, that whole posse, it was, they, they, they said that they did it to, to, for the good of Rome to maintain a republic because of the fact that he was, you know, pretty much overreaching on his power, uh, Caesar was. And, um, but the thing is, he was also very publicly, uh, he was also very popular. So um, the only way the public could be appeased was if all the conspirators were put to death. Oh. Yeah. Like, no mercy whatsoever. No mercy. Yeah. All right. Well, see? Was that so hard? Could he have not said something like that? But I didn't I didn't know anything about it, and it confused we were me. We were supposed to assume that we had read William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar or seen HBO. Ugh. Even though HBO well, wrote this is, this is later. now the second time in a row that he's assumed you've read Shakespeare, so you'll forgive him. I big, won't. Big mistake, Gaiman. <laughs> Um, all right. You you named this month after you, though. It used to be Sextilis. Now it's August. You did that. I kind of like that. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, well, it probably won't be that for very long. Like, <laughs> I, like how, last. I like how Augustus is clearly just kind of full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's a very proud man. Oh, definitely. We, went, we write our names in the sand, and then the waves roll in and wash them away. 
but we can leave things behind us. I am leaving an empire. So I, basically he's like, we can just, you know, try and make our mark and it won't last except for me. Cause I did something super amazing and my shit's going to last, but whatever, right. you know, I, I will say though, I did like the part in between where he says, um, in another decade, this month will probably be called Tiberius. And if anyone knows how things went down when Tiberius became a burr, <laughs> never. The, Not so much. The Tiberius, the game emperor? Is that what you said? No, when he became emperor. When like he a, became emperor. Okay. You know, Tiberius, the game emperor. He was all like, <laughs> everyone come at midday. We will play Magic the Gathering. You no, know, everyone has to come. Oh, man. I'd murder his ass my Boros deck, dude. We'll only have tabletops. <laughs> and not playing non-tabletop games in the streets of Rome will be executed. Yahtzee doesn't count. I just realized that in the next... On the next page, there's a dude pissing against the wall on the left. Yeah. It's like he's like kind of crouching, pissing, stands up, lowers his robes, walks away, and there's a nice big dripping piss stain on the wall. Mm. That's from... I pissed on a wall once. (laughs) (laughs) Also, in this panel, did you notice there is a rat scurrying on the other side, and he's eating as they go along. Yeah. yeah. Um, Um, I love panels like these where there's dynamism happening. Let's see. Humanity, they follow leaders, queens, or kings, chiefs, or emperors. We tell them what to do and they do it. We know no more than they, but still they follow us blindly as people lost in the catacombs would follow a child carrying a flaming torch. And what do you follow then, you leaders, to make us follow you and obey you? We follow our dreams. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Hugh Murphy. 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 Oh, Murphy. I got Murphy. you. What? Murphy, Morpheus. Murphy, remember he's... Uh... Oh, it was never that podcast. <laughs> I haven't read that one. <laughs> you... For that saga, we didn't have our fair sister, the maiden. Um, okay, so then there's a dude who's talking about like bringing himself up by the bootstraps. Five aces. Yeah. Once I was a slave... I was a slave once. <laughs> now I've got my own slaves. Isn't that awesome? I know. When he said, and now I have 50 slaves of my own, I was like, fucking Christ. He's like, moral of the story, slavery's awesome, and here's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it really is so fucked up when you think about like the, the, the Donald Trump thing and the fact that so many people are kind of like supporting him because they hope to eventually be a Donald Trump. Like, I hope one day I can be that big an asshole and have so much money nobody can say shit to me. <laughs> I was Donald Trump once. I was Donald Trump twice. Um, okay. I was an asshole once. <laughs> once. Come on, Miles. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows that's not true. Everyone who listens Five to this podcast twice. knows exactly how many times you've been an asshole. <laughs> There's a whole Reddit page de- dedicated to you. Give me time. <laughs> it's got a big picture of Miles up at the top of him just like smiling. <laughs> I used Reddit once. <laughs> I have been, I've tried Reddit a couple times and it's Ugh. just so overwhelming to me that I had to stop because I kept getting like sucked down these wormholes and then coming up for air and it was six hours later and I was like, nope, yeah, that, can't do it. That was actually true. I'm pretty sure I've literally used Reddit once. Yeah, it's not, it's no good. I don't recommend it. <laughs> okay. So, let's see. There are two futures. You see, two ways it can go. In one future, the Romans sputter and flare like Greek fire, last a few hundred years, and then are gone, eaten from outside by barbarians, from inside by strange gods. Hold on. Before you go into this 
Okay. Before you fin- finish this thought real quick, it's worth noting that he says, um, "I when I took the office of chief priest, I I ordered brought to me all the volumes of prophecy. I read them all, and then I I ordered some of them burnt, and I edited the other ones. Oh, the prophecies right. were obscure, but not that obscure. So he's saying he does know what's going to happen in one future. The Romans sputter and flail like Greek fire, blah blah blah, and in the other." The whole world becomes a province of our empire. The eagle standard will be carried through lands we have barely dreamed of. Oh, you don't say. There are nations beyond the sunset where we will rule golden ziggurats and nations to the south where diamonds lie like robin's eggs upon the ground. It will be a fine world, a great and glorious world, and that empire will last for 10,000 years or more. The prophecies were quite clear on that. They were clear on what I had to do. And oh, he's just man. like right up in Lysha's <laughs> face. Um, so I uh, I ruled a golden ziggurat once and um, it was pretty awesome. I found a robin eggs at once. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a weird analogy. Like how many robin's eggs do you find? Like, <laughs> I mean, you can find them sometimes, but like, is that a common thing that you just nope. see? Like, oh, there's another robin's egg. Boring. No, I know what it is. <laughs> He forgot to say it's a land of eternal magpies where robin's eggs are just been kicked to the ground by the magpies that are in the uh, in the nest. When they're not replaced by cuckoos, of course. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, Mac, I, I have no Bringing idea Bringing it full happening. circle. <laughs> um, okay, so he asks Lysias if he's scared of him. Scared of you? Lord, don't call me that. When I first summoned you, I told you what I needed today. That I will be spending a day disguised as a beggar, that you would be by my side. Weren't you scared? He says, no, Caius. I'm an old man, but you should fear me. Not because I'm fast, and I am fast. He grabs the rat. Not because I'm strong, and I am strong. He smashes a rat into a million pieces. <laughs> but because if I gave the word tonight, you would disappear, and no one would even dare to mention that you had ever existed. And no one would dare complain, because the alternative to me is chaos. I love that he is like, so are you scared of me? You should be fucking scared of me. I'm like, oh my god, dude. Why? I like how he just turns into Doctor Doom for a second. Right? All right, I'm scared of you, but I still want to know why are you begging in the market? And No other gods before Doom! Because I had a dream. Late one night, I woke as I have woken in the night many times in the past and called for a storyteller. The man who came was new to me. But you strangely tell sexy. me a story. Strangely erotic a story octavian very well there was a child who loved and respected his uncle and who feared the gods his uncle was a great general the boy counted the days until he would be old enough to ride out to follow his uncle to war when he was 16 and in his own eyes already a man the boy set off to be with his uncle to learn the arts of conquest and then on his first night his in his uncle's camp weak from the illness and excitement the boy lay in his tent but something bad happened to him that night no how dare you? Who are you? And then, well done. Dream, I am here to tell you a story, Caius Octavius, because you wake every night screaming. You are a god. I am no god, but I am here as a favor to a god. Um, he says, all gods begin in my realm, Caius Octavius. They walk your world for a span, and when they are old, they return to my world to die. And he says, this is a dream. Of course yep. it is a dream, Octavius. Who are you? And it's Matthew. Hi, Matthew. It's well, it's not Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> I know it's not actually Matthew, but it's just like, <laughs> I really want to imagine this Matthew being like, 
hey, boss, who's this guy? Yeah, this up, guy's dude? this guy's freaking out. Boss, what's up? Hey, uh, you, hey what are you like? Some Rome and everything. You what are you of, doing? Some kind of Caesar over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. This guy calls himself <laughs> emperor of the greatest empire that ever existed. He can't, he can't even get a story straight. I really like, want to, like, from now on in my head, Matthew will be wearing a fedora. Um, <laughs> when I was a man, I was Aristius of Mar- Marmora? Marmora. Marmaduke. Yeah, Marmaduke. Okay, he was a giant dog. The poet who became Apollo's raven? <laughs> then you are Apollo? He's like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm no little Roman dream god. Ooh, snappity snip. Um, and then what do you want with me, Lord? There's a way out of your dilemma, Octavius. I do not do this for you, little emperor. I do it for another who has asked me to intercede on your behalf. Terminus, he who walks the boundaries. He requested that I counsel a way out of your difficulties. Do they know, then, the gods? Terminus knows. You labor under a heavy burden while you are emperor of Rome. The gods of Rome watch you, and you fear the gods, don't you? But you have plans, Augustus. Plans do not plans you do not wish the gods of Rome to know. So for a day and every year, do not be emperor. What? But how? Be a beggar, Augustus. Go to the marketplace. Beg for coppers. Plan your course on that day when the gods will not be watching. And, and use then I soap. And use soap. Soap! I could do all of this except for that. <laughs> um, so, life's just very rightfully. I woke up. It's like, um, so some dude in a dream told you to come beg and you just do that? And you just think while you're here? That sounds like this dream I had once. Um... <laughs> I had a dream where I thought once. Um, and he says that he is afraid of the divine Julius. My life has been spent following the path he laid out for me. He groomed me for this. He knew of the prophecies. He knew what Rome could become. And he told me step by step what I had to do, how I could amass enough personal power to do whatever I needed. Everything I, I've done everything he wanted. Um, so what have you decided then? It is a matter of boundaries. Observe our empire. My empire is based on military conquest. As long as co- new countries are being conquered, as long as the legions have territories to conquer, Rome will live. So Terminus is the only god to whom Jupiter must bow. Goodbye, dwarf. We will never speak to each other again. You will not tell anyone of this day or of our talk. Keep the coins. Um... And, okay, so he says, get the storyteller ready. He goes back to his bed and falls asleep and dreams about his uncle coming to rape him when he is 16 years old. And he lies awake in the darkness night after night. Yikes. And never crying. Yeah, and his uncle is pleased with him, so he says he'll make him his heir. Yeah, good. So, Thanks for yeah. letting me rape you repeatedly. So now you get to be, oh, brother. Um, and then it turns out that this is Lysias writing all of this down. This is a true account of the day I spent with the Emperor of Rome, which I'm surprised he even remembers anything the Emperor said. I'm an old man now. And we Augustus talked about Caesar. this one time when I dug up some gold in my dad's yard. <laughs> we talked about this one time when I had a dream about Julius Caesar. It was about great. praying to Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, what could he have been afraid of? What was he trying to do? Perhaps I understand what he was trying to tell me better now in the dim light of hindsight. Augustus will set the boundaries of the empire. Forbade 
or Augustus's will set the boundaries of the empire, forbade any future expansion. And in his will, Augustus also appointed Tiberius as his successor over our divine rulers, um, or our divine rulers since then have been successful, successively evil, mad, foolish. And now all three, perhaps he achieved his goal, perhaps not, but still I persist in wondering what was Augustus afraid of? Why did he wake in the night screaming? Why was he angry? Why was he scared? I do not know his secret and Augustus has taken it with him to Olympus or to the grave. So, okay. Um, so, so the implication is that, that, the Emperor Augustus deliberately destroyed the Roman Empire. Right? Yeah. I yeah, I guess so. Or deliberately prevented it from continuing to expand, at least, and he claims mm. that expansion was the only thing that would yeah. keep it alive. Well, because he and he's as I recall, he's known as kind of like the last great Roman Empire a- Emperor, because after he- Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He stepped down, or after he died, rather, stepped down. What am I saying? He stepped um, down into the underworld. He stepped yeah. down into his grave. <laughs> he stepped way down. He's like BRB, and then he fell into his coffin. <laughs> I fell, into, I fell into a coffin once. He invited me to a party. <laughs> um, no, so but he after that, like there was no more united Rome. Like Rome was kind of broken up into uh, various factions, I believe. And of course, the the four emperors after him. I mean, Tiberius, fucking Caligula for God's sake, um, Claudius, and, and Nero. Nero, yeah, so, they were all crazy, insane Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> So why does he not, like, it sounds like he's all about leaving this amazing empire. Why does he not want it to continue? Is it because of... It was founded by a, by a, by a rapist. And yeah, a I, think he, I think he's telling Julius Caesar to go fuck himself. Exactly, because Julius Caesar was, remember, look, notice all throughout the issue, <coughs> excuse me, Lysias, and it's basically saying, like, but how come you hate your uncle? He's a great man. He's a god. Everyone loves him. Because that's the right. that's the legend that was printed when Julius Caesar died on the steps of the Senate when he goes when he was um you know assassinated by Brutus and his people. Yeah, er- so, everyone loves him. That's why he got assassinated. And, and that's the and that's the god that he's afraid of that he's trying that to he's hide trying from to hide everything plans. from. Yeah. Okay, I've got you. Because this was a little bit. It just felt like he was saying one thing the whole time, which I mean he is, but it felt like. He was saying how proud he was of his legacy and everything on the day when supposedly nobody's watching him because he's mm-hmm. a commoner today. So it felt like this should be the one time that he feels comfortable actually saying 
I really don't want this to continue, but he doesn't ever actually come out and say it. Well, you also get the feeling that he's proud of his accomplishments mm-hmm. and by like naming a successor who a successor who will be terrible in comparison to him, he's kind of able to like keep like his personal accomplishments and even a personal legacy. Mm-hmm. But he can still let the ship go down. Yeah, okay. That to he this hates. day in the history books, um, Caesar Augustus is still named the last one of the last great Caesars because everyone after him was crazy yeah. or insane. Or yeah, I think he is the last great Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. When you play Civ, who do you play as? Caesar Augustus. I played Civ once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is like the like perfect example of a Gaiman story. Like it's really good and it's got like some really interesting ideas, and then the end. It's just kind of a little bit like you kind of have to do the work yourself mm-hmm. to figure out like what the ending is. And yeah. sometimes that can be frustrating and sometimes it can be really cool. And it kind of depends on how many clues are left in there. Like this one, I think the ending is a little muddled. Like you, you really kind of have to do the heavy lifting yourself. Uh, I disagree. I think it's pretty satisfying. I think it's pretty clear. I didn't. I did not find it yeah, clear. I, I'll I just don't, say that. I don't get why he had to be begging like – are the gods going to stop him from thinking like that's what I like. I get that the, it's like, you know, Greek myths, like um, there's this one day of the year when you can do blah, blah, blah. And there's always like some weird thing like that. But I didn't really understand. I guess, like I said, why, if this is supposed to be the one day that they're not watching him, he can't actually be speaking truth about oh, I think his he's... intentions more. I... I think that the the since if we if we're familiar with the Greek and Roman myth, the Greek gods and the Roman gods are always like illustrated as very human, fickle, extreme personalities. And so the, the fact that the emperor disguises himself as a beggar, he falls off their their blip. Like in my head, I'm thinking they have a Marauders map, and he when he is himself as as Caesar for like. I guess 364 days of the year, or whatever, how many days were in the year back then? The <laughs> Magotters map, am I right? The Magotters, oh, or the brother. DJ's map. Yeah. <laughs> I solemnly swear I am up to do Sainthood. <laughs> I solemnly swear I am up to all good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, so I guess when he dresses up as a beggar, all of a sudden, because, I mean, we've, we've seen how the uh, the different deities are, are are depicted in the Sandman um the Sandman stories when compared to people like the Endless you know mm-hmm. so they that they have their limitations too and I'm thinking that's probably what it is they're like oh where did where did Caesar go and ah, nobody cares. see but but that would make sense if uh if if Augustus did anything but he doesn't he just goes there to think and they they like specifically say that that's all he does on that day is that's when he like goes out there as a commoner to think about stuff. They make it, you know, it's kind of implied that he has to be a beggar and not be emperor so that the gods can't interfere with him. But then all we see him doing is thinking. So, But I, they can't see him. They can't, they, I think they also know his thoughts when he's emperor. And that's what scares him. I, I guess. So if they know his thoughts when he's emperor, how the hell does he, like, just go one day, think of everything, and then go back to his normal life and not think the thoughts that he just had that one day ever again so they don't it's notice? A, it's a myth. Maybe. I mean, but it doesn't you... feel, it feels like he's trying to paint it as a myth when it's convenient, but then have it be very, like, human and real grounded. and gritty in the moment when we're learning about his life and the, you know, rape and everything else. 
it feels like it's just not really he hasn't put one foot firmly in one or the other and that's what yeah. i find really like threw me off i I really like this story up until like the last two or three pages but like i don't feel like anything really gets resolved and like you kind of get this epilogue of the dwarf being like and so he did that thing he was going to do but like i don't see how like his decree ties in necessarily to you know his day of thinking other than at the end when you know you you definitely get the feeling that he comes to the realization that expansion is the key for the empire to you know keep growing but i don't see how him coming to that was stopped by him being emperor if that makes sense i think i lost track of what you were saying yeah i'm not sure what you're saying <laughs> I, I don't see how okay like okay the the gods can read his mind while he's emperor or something i guess yeah but, I mean, like well, the next you day say, you say that but you're there's we don't know that. I mean, we don't. There's no reason to think that because that's that's being way too. I feel like that's being way too logical with this whole thing. Like if we say, well, the gods can read his mind while he's emperor, therefore he goes and does this other thing. Therefore, you know, like uh, ipso facto, etc. I I don't know. I I feel like that's the wrong way to look at this. I just feel like this story is framed in such a like one-on-one personal sort of way that for it to in the end you just have to be like, oh well, it's myth. Well, I mean, that, I'm not saying that that's all there is, but I, I think that, you know, you're going to find things are going to break down a little bit when you go through and you look at, at it from that logical perspective, aren't they? I mean, isn't that – doesn't that defeat the purpose to a certain extent? I don't feel like it needs – I don't feel like it defeats the purpose when it's such a surface – if I were really trying to dig into it and be like, okay, what about this, this, and that and p- pull something apart, which I don't. I will not deny that I will do, but this, it feels like (laughs) I barely have to touch it and it starts to kind of unravel for me. Yeah, The the whole like framing device of this story basically is why is the, why is the emperor pretending to be a beggar? And I don't feel like that's ever satisfactorily answered. Hmm. It just doesn't seem to me like, yeah, I have to agree. Like, I just don't really understand what this day as a beggar it doesn't feel like he made any plans or decided anything that he hadn't apparently already decided by having burned a bunch of alternate futures and prophecies it seemed like he had kind of decided that a while ago there's nothing said specifically about when he has all those burned that he did that while he was a beggar because he couldn't so wouldn't the gods already know his intention there at that point? Well, I feel like at, at the point he is at the beginning of the story, he's trying to decide whether or not he wants Rome to grow or whether he wants it to die. And that's kind of the choice he makes throughout this day. But, I mean, Natasha makes a good point. He has already altered the prophecies. That's part of what confused me. So he alters the prophecies in order to get Rome to grow is what it felt like, he said. But then he like backtracks on that. I don't know. I don't well, I, like. I don't know. I think it's set up. It's set up for us to think that he he altered the prophecies to make Rome the ten thousand year empire. But then we find out that he did the opposite. I think that's the. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to say twist because it's not really a twist. But spoiler alert: Rome fell. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Okay, so next story: Marco Polo. I like this one. I, I brought down Rome oh, once. <laughs> 
Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So Marco Polo, Soft Places. We get some Fiddler's Green in here. Yeah, I was really excited to see Fiddler's Green Can we not Green spend again. a shitload of time on this? Though? Yeah. We're, I feel like we're kind of like re- just reading the story. Aloud. Yeah. Well, I was doing that with some of that um, because it was so That's kind of a confusing one. for me that yeah. I wanted to get things out there and be like, Word by word, like, wait, what the fuck, though? I just don't think this one necessarily merits it. Yeah, that's totally fine. But I, I don't think it's any less good. Like, I, I kind of shit oh, on that last story a little bit. But overall, I think it was a good one. Cause, just because it was a really interesting character study of Augustus. I like this one just as much. Just for, like, the sheer weirdness. And, like, it's so very much like a dream. Like, like you, you, yeah. go, you go to a place... That is, you know, mysterious and weird and ill-defined. And you meet someone from your future that's going to be your friend. <laughs> and you meet a guy. You meet Teddy Roosevelt. Because I totally thought Fiddler's Green was Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> it was the, Teddy. He does look like him. I, I really hate the way. I, I don't like that they change authors so often. And that there's not a consistency in the way characters are done. Like, I think it works for Dream. but you for Fid- artists? artists? What yeah, you said author. I was like, wait, oh, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, like I totally th- – because Fiddler's Green in Volume 2 looks a little like Teddy Roosevelt, but he's also like so huge. Yeah. He's like uh, he's like a big round blueberry. Uh, so that, you know, I think you mean a greenberry. He's, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's much more distinct. And in this, like I knew it had to be either Teddy Roosevelt or Fiddler's Green, <laughs> and it took me about four pages until I knew for sure which one he was. Really? Yeah. Oh, Okay. How long until he says whom? Because yeah. that's the tip off. When he said whom, I was like, is it? But I was like, but he looks exactly like Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's skinnier in this. And... Yeah. British accent. Like, Teddy Roosevelt is super American. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's one of our very American presidents. He is the, he's the most, most, pres- most American, one of the most racist. Probably yeah, not the most racist, but. Again, so American. Super very American. American. Um, okay, so he, all right, so Marco goes into the desert, gets lost. Marco Polo, that's where the game comes from, get it? Okay. (laughs) And then there's people around a fire, and one of them is Fiddler's Green, and the other one is a dude in turban, whose name I have forgotten. A dude in turban? Ibn Batuta. Thank you. I kept thinking of him as Sala from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Racist. Well, isn't Ibn Battuta a, a real explorer, though, from what I recall? Yeah, he's the guy who wrote down Marco Polo's memoirs. Oh. Well, his name was Rusticello or something. Yeah. And he's, like, French. Okay. Wait. Rusticello. Wait, are you saying that Ibn Tuta is Rusticello? Wait. Okay, what are we looking at here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Middle Eastern guy. The guy in the turban. It's not really a turban, but it looks enough like... It's not a turban, it's, but it's some type of, like, he looks like he's kind of... The purple cape and the wizard's hat? Yes. A wizard. Rust, he looks like a D&D wizard. Yeah, that's Rusticello. Oh, oh okay. Rusticello? All right. Say? Never mind. Sorry, there's another guy here. But I guess he brings... But you know what? All that does is underscore the point that, yes, the artist changing. <laughs> oh, really? That's supposed to be an Italian guy? Oopsies. Because, yeah, he, he definitely does look Middle Eastern. Or- yeah, because he has wear the Dumbledore wizard hat, and that's the only type that's in 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 our world. That's what I associate with Persian outfits. The dog. 
You were named after the dog? <laughs> you made that sound like Sean Connery. I make everyone sound like Sean Connery. Dog. You were named after the dog. <laughs> um, so then he tells a story about how my father and I and my father and my uncle were traveling in Istanbul, which was Constantinople. But now, now it's, it's Istanbul. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Not <laughs> As wars broke up behind them, they were forced to continue, blah, 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 telling this long story. My father wished to convert the Khan to the true faith, but the Khan had idolater priests who worked miracles for him. Look at them, said the Khan to my father. They have power even I fear. Good gracious, what happened? Uh, I really liked all this. They came back. I was 15. I can't have been more than four when they left. Um, So they just left him with Kubla? Yeah, go back yeah. to your pope, tell him to send me 100 Christian miracle workers. And, uh, yeah, I guess his dad was like, yeah, no, we can't yeah. do that. Well, the, the pope was like, we don't have those. Why, why did you come in? You left I your son? The- what? Those aren't a thing we have. I love that Rusticello is totally convinced that this is all his dream and nobody else's. Yeah. I was like, look, we can't both be dreaming, so I'm afraid it's definitely you, okay? <laughs> I love there's a terribly nice Franciscan in 17th century Assisi who can fly IQ of 60 and perhaps a little too heavily into self mutilation, but he can honestly fly. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorites. And this of course is also where we get the bit about the information that why Fiddler's green is out here. Oh, that's right. The only reason I'm out here is because they keep coming for walks in me, long ones gazing into each other's eyes, whispering sweet and, to be frank, rather embarrassing nothings. Embarrassing nothings. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think this is interesting that these are all in different eras. Like, Fiddler's Green is from the present. He's like 1992. Yeah. Uh, and Marco Polo and Fettuccini. The... <laughs> Rusticello. 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 You racist American. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Not guys. that hard to pronounce. Rusticello. It sounds like a dirty sex thing. A rusty cello. Don't but don't do the rusty cello. It's, it okay. sounds like a shot. Like an awesome shot. Somebody just killed me. I'll. Dr- I already. We already talked about this, Miles. I'm going to drown you in a bird bath. That's not quick enough. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and I like, like the whole thing about this is, is like, um, Fiddler's Green is talking about soft places, which are basically just, you know. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now that we have everything kind of mapped out, there's a lot less of them, but... It comes from a time when, like, people didn't necessarily know where everything was, and there could still be, like, mysterious, not properly mapped out areas in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he says he blames it on uh, Marco Polo because he did so much, like, mapping and exploring and stuff that there's so much right. less of that. Your fucking fault, dude. Thanks for that. You've whittled my empire away. At one point, like, those horsemen come through. Mm-hmm. And I guess they got lost in the soft place like forever ago, and they're trying to find their way out. I like, yeah. And he mentions like there's some in the in the Caribbean and whatnot, which I like to think of as the Bermuda Triangle. Hopefully, um, 
And there's a couple. Is part of the dreaming. Can't isn't the dreaming part of the soft places? No, but never mind. What? Never mind. He he was just saying that the the real triangle. triangle. But oh, this is where he mentions even Batuta is where he says. It's Marco Polo's fault and Huen Sang's and even Batuta's, the explorers. You know, the ones who froze the world into rigid... Uh... <laughs> rigid patterns. Into Shut Richard up. patterns. Fuck I, you. I think that's interesting because he's basically saying that, you know, the world before it was mapped, you know, was much more fluid and could change. But, but as that... soon as you wrote shit down, you ruined it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so take a look. It's well, in a book. you mapped it out, yeah. Reading Rainbow. There's a few thousand square miles of central Australia, a couple of Pacific Islands, a field in Ireland, an occasional mountain in Arizona. An occasional mountain? It's not a very big mountain, but it's only there occasionally. Yeah, I, I, I can speak to this. There actually is one of those in Arizona. So. Have you You're gone there occasionally? The highway and a mountain just, like, drops on you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a wrong occasion! As you slowly suffocate to death under a mountain. It ruins your uh, right, your trip from Arizona to Tucson. <laughs> um, wait, from Arizona to Tucson? Tucson I mean, sorry, from Arizona. Phoenix to Tucson. <laughs> Phoenix to Tucson is 100 miles of fucking nothing. Okay, well... Nothing. But occasionally but it, there's a mountain. Occasionally. No, not even an occasional mountain. That's got to be somewhere else in the state. Because I it's not on Phoenix that road. to Tucson once. Huh? <laughs> Shut up, you. Okay, so there's I like I was the... going to be done with the I did this once after we finished August, oh, all right? No, I, I already out. talked about how I was gonna. this guy was going to pop up in more stories. <laughs> That's right, you did. Okay. So, like, the crazy it. horsemen show up, and they're like, hey, Fiddler's Green, how do we get out of here? He's like, I don't know. And they're like, all right, bye. He's like, man, I was a horseman once. Uh... Okay, so anyway... <laughs> He's in the middle of being like, oh, dreams, and Rusty Cello is being like, ooh, who's dreaming you? Maybe it's not my dream. Ooh, and then everybody disappears. And then Dream shows up, and he's like, are you a dream? And he's like, I am Dream. I won't help you. And he's like, but I've been away so long, and I'm weak. I need, I'm, uh And uh, it's this is apparently right <laughs> when <laughs> Dream has gotten out of captivity. And uh, Marco Polo gives him some water, even though he's lost and hardly has any water. He gives Dream like the rest of his water, it's, which is really aw, nice. Oh, what a guy! It's just like that really weird scene in Ben Hur when I never saw. You've never seen wow. it. No. At, at one point, Ben Hur is like uh, he's been sold into slavery, and he's like drowning. He's uh, drowning. He's dying of thirst in the desert, and then Jesus shows up and gives him some water. He gives him a, a fresh bottle of Aquafina. <laughs> Gives him a wink and puts his sunglasses on and walks into the sunset. Sounds sounds right. Wow, Ben Hur reference. Whew. <laughs> um, I met a man in the in this palace in this place. Sorry, palace. Who spoke of a land called <laughs> Fiddler's Green? Too. He said you were in love. That you went walking all the time with your woman. Did he say who the woman was? I like that Dream is like I don't remember her name. Can you jog my memory? <laughs> <laughs> was she hot? Right. <laughs> Um, it has happened already, or it is still to come, and forewarned is seldom forearmed, not even in the shifting zones, which I guess is the soft place. That is a valid name. The soft places of the world, the shifting places. You look terrible. White as the man in the moon. Are you always so pale? That depends on who's watching, which was somehow very creepy, even though I know what he meant. Um, 
And then he basically is like, I can't help you. You're trapped. Ha ha. Well, no. Okay. I'll help you. It's like, you gave me some water, you know, and I, I know how it feels to be trapped. So fine. And, um, I love the last panel on that page too. Yeah. This is my favorite is, uh, the patterns they formed as they fell illuminated his mind, a landscape strobed by flashes of distant lightning. I'll never forget this, he thought triumphantly. I'll never forget what I've learned here. But his world went dark and soft and nowhere, and Marco plunged down with it. And he comes back up, all covered in sand from the sandstorm. Why are we singing this song? Anton, do you know what's happening? I have no idea. Why are we singing this song? Okay, neither do I. I don't I don't remember how Sandstorm actually goes, but it's a technical song. Yeah, that's a different song. I know that's not Sandstorm, but it's the one that I thought of. I don't remember how Sandstorm goes. What can I say? I thought that I'm tripping balls. I'm I'm actually oh and I'm starting to be more and more down with the birdbath thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry listeners (laughs) somebody uh please sing sandstorm into your phone and load it onto my unspoiled (laughs) facebook page i I know how it goes but i'm not gonna go on another weird musical tangent and subject our listeners do it do it i want to do okay that's enough 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 so marco polo wakes up and his dad's like hey what happened thanks for listening to another episode of unspoiled um we made it through two issues this guy says christ's wounds um you had us worried we heard such strange things last night like a horde of men was riding past nothing happened a dream i had a i don't know it's gone now i don't remember in the future, you must ignore the illusions. They're no more than dreams, and of as little importance as that. They nearly killed you, Marco. Do you understand me? Yes, father. Thus it is that the desert is crossed. The end. Soft places. Over. Okay. Orpheus. <laughs> so I, I, we can breeze right one? through Orpheus, right? You didn't like Orpheus? Um, It's basically... It's basically a story. The complete retelling of the myth, and I don't understand the need. Yeah, but this one has the the seventh endless, and he's my favorite, and he's got the beard. Yeah, I guess that's and like... also it's different when you incorp- in- include the fact that Orpheus's extended family are the endless. Is it like it doesn't change anything it's for like, me? It, it's just kind of like small, like continuity well, nods and stuff, which is kind of not, neat. It's not just that, but I mean, can you imagine? So basically, it's suggesting through this, this retelling that if because death and death and dis, um well death and the missing endless interceded, Orpheus got stuck in his um situation. That's what I'm I'm like interested in is the fact that the other endless who I'm going to call what shall I call him big beefy dude. It's starts with a D. Guess guess what his name is. Um, douchebag. Yes. Owen <laughs> looks very that. hurt right now. Um, dashing, dude, doodly, doodly. I think doodly is probably <laughs> the most applicable. You guys have read the rest of the series. What do you guys think? He's dude, bro, dude, dude bro. bro. Okay, so dude, bro. Um, that he is the one that kind of like, you know, <laughs> puts puts this in his head and helps it move along for him to go down there, and then later on. Morpheus is like, motherfucker, you got my kid turned into a head. 
and uh, that's why they Sorry. don't talk anymore. I'm just like <laughs> he's like. I'm what just now? picturing some one of the endless like being like, my brother. I stand in my gallery and I hold your sigil, a red solo cup with a ping pong ball in it. Dude, bro, come to me. Dude, bro, come in. <laughs> Yeah. And he shows up. At in least a, it's not an Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> he shows up in like a pair of those horrible J. Crew shorts that are pale blue with little ducks and pink embroidered on them. Did you really not like Dude Bro? I, I like how boisterous he is. Like, no, I don't dislike him. Okay, but that's what I think. Like if Tormund Giants Bane, shades of Tormund Giants. Yeah, Bane. definitely. I was gonna say he's a lot like Marvel Comics' Hercules, and. I know you're not familiar with, but he's basically, he's basically like, you know how Thor is in the first Thor movie where he's just kind of brash and a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Like he's basically that, but he doesn't ever like become more noble and wise. (laughs) There's no no character arc that gets him. Yeah. He's he's just always like that. Um, Which makes him insufferable, by the way. I love Hercules. Although I will say I did like that in Marvel. They suggested that Hercules will fuck anything with a hole. Oh, yikes. I don't want to talk about holes. Let's talk about... Gaping. Dude, bro. Dude, bro. So So he throws a thing and creates a portal for Orpheus to go visit Death's apartment, which is very troubling to him because he has never seen Ikea lamps, goldfish bowls, or... I I do think that it's weird that her house is like 1980s, even though this takes place in like the 1500s or the... 1200s or whatever because she stands yeah, in beyond time yeah in and out of time man she is she's, she always is she's twilight zone um she's deaf man she's everywhere and he's like this place is so strange to my eyes it's so whiny oh i really like she's that like, part. oh she's fine like, i'll make it a little bit more comfortable for you and creates this like giant marble palace yeah i, I really wanted her to start like laughing maniacally like like she's in like a haunted house just be like Whoa! even though she puts herself into this gown it looks very 80s and i'm like she says there is that any better and he says perhaps and i'm like girl no that still <laughs> looks 80s That's... lolita gown <laughs> right exactly streets of tokyo and her hair is like super fritzed up yep um okay so she's like Yo, your girl's dead. It sucks, but that happens. And uh, and then he's like, no, I'm going to go to the underworld and get her back. And she says, there's a catch. And he's like, whatever, don't care. And she's like, fine. And so she sends him down there. And he walks through uh, Hades. And he gets to the spot where the people are who are supposed to be paid with coin to ferry him across but he pays the mistletoe because he's alive and then he gets and an I like, audience I like that part sharon's like <laughs> he hasn't heard music in forever and he starts crying and he's like have i given you offense he's like don't stop oh yeah that, that's actually it's pretty poignant right yeah there. yeah basically orpheus's entire arc throughout this and i assume the greek myth i haven't heard it in forever is that he just he wails out some guitar solos and charms everyone with his sweet moves that's true that's right his gyrating pelvis <laughs> His pelvic sorcery. <laughs> so he goes to see Thank Hades Gamora. and Persephone, who are ginormous, sitting on their huge onyx thrones. They are such a cute couple. They are adorable. They are adorbs. Remember their origin story and how cute that was? Yeah, no, yeah. it was fucking adorable. I, I, I was surprised that Persephone threw this whole thing, and she's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm here in hell. It's fine. 
What ifs? Um, so he says my wife was killed before her day and lands above were due to end. And I'm like, that's actually not true. That's pretty much exactly what death said is that her land, her time was due to end. And that's why she died. But you know, yeah, but he shreds up a storm and everyone, <laughs> is, the, the angels <laughs> and doves are crying their asses off. <laughs> the furies are crying, which is, uh, not uh, great. You don't want those people crying. Yeah. Big Barda and Lashina. Persephone's like, yeah, you made the Furies cry. They are not going to fucking forget that. Sorry. And I don't really get the significance of that because I don't know that much about Greek stuff anymore. Oh, well, never mind. But I guess they're badasses and they don't like crying. No, but the Furies are the they're the venge- vengeance goddesses. That's like, never yeah. mind. Yeah, but even then, it's like you kind of don't want to make them feel anything. They're going <laughs> to come at you with, like, the fury of everything. Yeah, except, like, anger. Except anger. You want to yeah. make them feel angry. <laughs> but not at you. Um, so then, you know, Hades classically is just like, yeah, okay, go through the thing. You got to walk through the tube and then don't look back. And then Orpheus looks back because he's a chump. Because he's a chump. He's like, she's not really there. So I'll just look. I actually think that this is well done in the story. Like, whenever I hear the story, like, just kind of bare bones, I'm just like, fuck you, you should look back. But, like, in the story and the way it's paced and everything, you totally get that he's like, she's totally not back there. She's totally not back there. And he's, like, walking for days or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. finally just like, yeah. And he's got to look. Like, I think it's actually well done in the story. But Me too. It's also been told a million times. And so... Well, it also makes sense in the tradition of um, Greco-Roman mythologies that the gods are dicks. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're not going to trust this deal. Oh, uh, well, the gods are always just, like, toying with people because they're fucking bored because they're immortal and they just don't have anything to do. Um, So, yeah, she's gone. Oh, you're ready to see? Oh, no. Ah. And then he is uh, off by himself with rabbits and foxes playing his harp. He gets an earring. Oh, yeah, because he's going through midlife crisis. Yeah, he goes into his, like, later, his late-era Bono phase, and which is why I was very glad when he got his head ripped off. Oh, no. Um, and then Dream shows up and is a dick. Your father and I have had an argument after you went to the Underworld. Uh, he should have talked to the gods of the Underworld for you. They respect him. Sometimes I think they even fear him, but no. I walked out on him. I've told him I will see him no longer. I think I have hurt his pride. You think? His pride is like a fucking tomato. It's so easily bruised. I like this for oh. Calliope. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, you are easily impressed by weird things. <laughs> you are a good hype man, sir. <laughs> oh, I am running on very little sleep right now. I just oh. want that known to all of our listeners that I have had very, very little sleep recently. So I had a little sleep recently. I had a dream that... I like this for Calliope, though. Calliope. Calliope. I always say it wrong. Um, I like... I like that that's why the two of them broke up. She was like, no, you're being a dick. Like, you should go fend for our son. Because, like, it's not even like it's something that would be that out of character for Dream to do. Like, sometimes... Yes, it would. He never does shit for anybody unless there's, like, no other way out of it. That's what I was saying. That, like, a lot of... When it's his shit on the line and things that he actually... When he realizes it, 
that he's being improper, he will go to bat for someone. But he has to have it pointed out to someone that he actually respects. Mm. And so it's not Calliope. It's, it's never not the Orpheus. woman he's dating because yeah. he never respects them. If it was Death, who was like, dude, you should just go like stick up for your kid. It'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she wasn't going to do that. But if it was someone kind of more on his level mm-hmm. who was doing it, he would have been like, oh, well, that is the thing I should do. <laughs> like when he went to hell to get Nada. Like that's a thing that he... <laughs> It, I, it has been pointed out to me that perhaps I was not just. Perhaps I should maybe apologize. Maybe. Maybe. But probably not. So maybe, yeah. And then he, yeah. It's, it's, it's dickish. Um, okay, anyway. And these ladies that show up next are crazy. Yeah, so um, the, what I like to think of as the berserker ladies... Um, the Bacante, is that how he calls yep. them? Bacante, yeah. The Sisters of the spicy. Frenzy. Um, they come up what? and oh, yelling man. like, uh, like, <laughs> They're like really obnoxious, like drunk older ladies at the bar. We've no, all I've seen these that. ladies. <laughs> They're the old ladies that are dressed up in chain mail and take Barbarian Weekend too seriously at the Texas Renaissance I was thinking more like if you gave the Real Housewives of Orange County some cocaine or bath salts, maybe. <laughs> bath salts. <laughs> it looked like this. This is how it would go. Um, but yeah, they're like, they have that, uh, what what is it, a donkey spray that they do? Um, when they... Oh, oh is that what they're doing? Yeah, because that's like Bacchus's animal that he rides is a, a donkey, and it's like they're supposed to make that same sound. Oh. Um, I was just like, these ladies are crazy. Yo, 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 yo. And, oh, uh, terrible. Give me your keys. Those are not, those are not, those are not HBO tips. Oh, no. No, she, one of them, join us in our worship, and the other one says, drink wine with us, and it looks like there's like a tiny bear biting her breast. <laughs> there's like a terrified koala bear nursing <laughs> on her. It's so weird. Make love with what us. And she looks like fucking despair bear. in that moment. Oh. Um, Eat raw flesh with us. Rejoice with us. And he's like, no. This all sounds totally fun, ladies, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And then they rip his head off. He says, leave in peace, please. We are the beloved of Dionysus, man. You do not give. We take. And his eyes get wide and he's like, no. And I'm like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You got warned, bitch. Do you know why he died? He didn't pull his harp out. If he had shredded it on that thing, they would have left him alone. They but... are party ladies. They just needed a DJ. It's yeah. not that hard. Um, that might have made things worse, though. Uh... So they, like, bite him and rip his head off. And also, at one point, one of them rips his arm off and, like, is touching her tit with it. Yeah. Does she? Yeah. They rip, they rip his heart out, too. I'm and it looks like they, they're playing, playing beach volleyball with his head at one point in time. One of them's kissing his head mouth. Oh, yeah, she's got his... Okay, I've I'm got I'm sorry, it. his head mouth? You know, it's just his mouth, but it's, like, just his head, so it's his head mouth. Um, <laughs> and then they throw his head in the river, and he's still like, Eurydice! And they're like, dude, you're not even dead. You're not going to see her yet. Get over she's it. She's just not that into you. She's not. So doesn't he basically find out through all of this that he can't die? He's immortal? Well, uh, death told him that. Okay. That that was the only that that was the deal. If he if he goes, the only way to go to Hades and come back out again is, is for, for her, her to, to agree. agree never to touch them. Ah, okay. So, um, and so now he's ahead. 
Yes. So he goes down there, or he goes down the river, washes up on the beach. A snake almost bites him, and Morpheus steps on the snake. You were unwise to seek favors of death, but you have made your own errors. It was your own life. I've come to say goodbye. And Orpheus is like, but dad, but dad. And Morpheus is just like, nah, you said you were no longer my son. I'm glad my dad was a better person than this person. Than Morpheus? Yeah. Yeah. Are you... I, I just really hope that my dad will will dance with my mom at my wedding. I do not dance. Not even with you, my wife. <laughs> He's such a fucking douche. He is the like old Morpheus is always the worst. I danced with you, my wife, once, but it was the only the one time. Uh, so Morpheus watched through tear stung eyes until his father was out of sight, who never even tried to look back. Boom! That's cold. That's cold. What a dick! Right. So let's talk about the Parliament of Rooks. And there's a baby, Daniel. I remember Daniel. Daniel's a dream baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right? Am I wrong? Daniel's a dream baby, right? He's born in dreams, for sure. He's a dream warrior. He was conceived uh, in dreams, wasn't he? And he goes and visits um, Cain Cain and and Abel, Abel, which seems like the worst possible place to go. It's like... Awful. They tell him very inappropriate stories. I love Matthew. <laughs> Up the steps, kiddo. Come on. He's just like, I, I really wanted Matthew to give him his first cigarette at the age of like two years <laughs> old. Have you guys seen Adam's Family Values? Yeah. With Pubert, the, the littlest, the baby Adams? The one that looks like Gomez, baby Gomez Adams. Yeah, yeah. That's what this baby reminded me of. Like, he looks like pubert like after he turns into like a a curly-headed like normal baby but he just like crawls through every like all these weird creepy shit and he's just completely unarmed and doesn't think it's scary his name is pubert yeah that's horrifying that's, that's the, the worst thing that's i've ever point. heard he's an Adams. what do you expect oh god that is pretty bad that is like the worst adam's name though <laughs> Hey, at least he looks like Gomez and not Uncle Fester. That's true. He has, Most babies look like Uncle Fester, let's be honest. He has my father's eyes. Gomez, take those out take of his mouth. Take those out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, his name is Daniel. Why don't you come come in? This is, a, this is indeed an honor. I love Abel. Aww, he's, he's so, so pathetic. hapless. Um, so, yeah, they have baby Daniel wandering around, and he meets Goldie. Goldie the gargoyle, who is so adorable. And he calls him Doggy. And then Gaudi. Oh my gosh. I want him to have... I want a stuffed Goldie. Do they have those? We should look on Etsy. We should... There's a Pokemon that looks like Goldie, so you can do that also. If they have a, um, a pop doll Goldie, I would be totally down with that. Are there Sandman pop dolls? There should be. There I mean, aren't. Endless. Is what we have. Nice. Um, it's weird being this... a raven. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I love this bit where he's like, I thought that you know I'd be a dude, but just in a raven's body. But uh, nope, I'm, I'm actually I'm just a raven. <laughs> really into that dead rat over there. If you've got one, I love that. <laughs> it's okay if it's been rotten for a while. It gives it more flavor. Yeah, and um, he starts talking about other birds. Crows are dumb as shit, and they lie a lot. Rooks are just weird. Magpies are cool. <laughs> Magpies are cool, though. Oh, uh, Kane showing up. Um, I like why, how- bless my boots. They they compare him to Vincent Price. Yes! 
Which I will not be able to not read him like that now, which is a good thing because I love Vincent Price. Um, okay, let's see. I was just saying how nice it would be if you were here. Oh, <laughs> poor Abel. I feel so sad for him all the time. Well, he just Eve wants is, people to like him. Also, other. Eve is here. Oh, yeah, yeah Eve. Eve is here, and we got uh, a little bit more about Morpheus and his new squeeze. Yeah. Um, who is that? Do, do we know from the previous issues? I, I only read this latter half of this We don't movie. we don't know at this point who she is, but Eve doesn't think that she's his type. Ah. How do you mean? I didn't think he had a type. Ba-ba-bum. Anyway, so then Kane shows up. And he's and convinces and he's, everybody to tell stories. Yeah. And he talks about the rooks. And they get together in a field, and there's one in the middle, and he crows and crows and crows and caws and caws, and they all stand still, and either they tear him apart, or they all fly away. Nobody knows why. It's a mystery! Yeah. So, then, Eve talks about uh, how she was created, and the terrifying, like, Siamese twinsies... (laughs) That originated, like, it's just really scary. Well, it's, I hate it's it. play on the story of Lilith that's in, actually, I think it's in the Hebrew um, origin story. Yes, mm-hmm. yes it is. taken out of the Christian Bible. It's not in the book of Genesis that the Christians read that they don't know that, that, that basically their version of the story is, is Adam was it, created first. Is it and, even part of, like, the modern Torah? Or is it, like, an older uh, myth I think that kind of got cycled out? I, I think it's part of the modern Torah because I think their origin story is slightly different with the, the Adam and Eve thing because they're like it's Adam and Lilith and then Lilith leaves because she's like what I can never be on top during during sex. Fuck yeah, you. I love that so much. She's on top, and that was the final straw. And I'm like, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was. Because a lot of dudes seem to like that, but you know, that's funny. I mean, it's not up to Adam, Natasha. It's up to God. That's true. God does not approve of the lady on top. Yeah, right. it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Lilith. <laughs> it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and woman on top. <laughs> um, so she was expelled from Eden. Adam was alone. And then God created her from for Adam out of nothingness. She had no name. Bones first, the second, then the organs. Second wife, yeah. yeah, the second wife. The, the scary one, or the one that was sad. She had the sadder ending because Adam saw her being created and freaked the fuck out. He's like, I saw her liver. That's not cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm with... I, I can get that a little bit. <laughs> like, you, you It would be weird to see... someone you know, there's just mucus and meat and slime and bone. They menstruate, salivate, defecate, and cry, you know? Sometimes it can just kill the romance. <laughs> And she's all crying in that. It's so sad. Jesus, so what happened to her? Opinions differ. Most say God destroyed her. A few have claimed that she was permitted to leave the garden alone. Then it was that God put Adam to sleep, took a rib from his side, and from it created Eve. Only when she was completed did Adam wake. He saw Eve finished and perfect and took her to wife. And they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and knowing good from evil, they were no longer in paradise. In Genesis, it states that God expelled them because he was scared. Scared that having disobeyed him once, they'd disobey him again. They'd eat of the tree of life and live forever like gods. Endless. Um, and then they lived until death parted them. Someday this, some say this was history, blah, blah, blah. But Adam had I'd rather hang out with Lysias for a day than hang out with God for a day. God <laughs> well, just seems like such a dick. I was God once. Yeah. <laughs> I was a rib one. 
So we have basically Mother Maiden Crone here. I was about to say, here it is. This is where they come up again. Um, But it's not really like, it could be kind of, because obviously Maiden is the nameless one. Right. Lilith could be Crone, because I'm guessing Eve is Mother. But yeah, no, 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 no. Eve is no Eve is grown because she grew old. Yeah, but but it's Lilith was never a mother. No, she was. Yeah, yeah, she was. It says right here, Lilith gave birth to the Lilith, the children of Lilith, who have haunted the nights of the sons of Adam ever since. Mother to some, mother to so many then and now. Drop that mic, Miles. (laughs) Oh, but see, that's what confused. All right, this is, and I'm gonna just put this out there again because this has always bothered me. And I never got a straight answer out of my dad, and I'm still asking dad, what the fuck with these were the first two people on Earth, except for all those other cities full of other people. All those other dudes. What the fuck is that? How do people think that that's just like, oh, we'll just believe it? I don't understand how anybody just is like, well, yeah. I was always taught that it was just a lot of incest. Like, like Cain and Abel. Had a lot of incest once. Cain kills Abel. And then his parents basically like kick him out and have him go off to another town where he yeah, marries the land somebody. Of which had a lot of people in it. Which had a lot of people or, in or maybe, it. Like, what? Maybe, well, maybe they were, like, not really... Maybe they were, like, sexy giraffes. <laughs> Faith, Sasha. Faith. Yeah. If I don't had... understand. <laughs> I like the other creation myths that don't have this weird mess. Uh, yeah, I like the ones where there's, like, uh, like a stork or, like, a beached turtle. It's like when people are like, well, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I was like, actually, it was Adam and Steve and Mike and Jeff and Eve and Laura and Patty. And like, there was a trillion. Dude, don't even. Dude, don't even get me started on those damn Steves. Steves. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not the homosexuals we need to stop from getting married. It's those damn Steves. Yeah, there were also the Chandlers, but you want to stay away from them in general. The Chandlers? Yeah. Um, Just stay away from anyone named Chandler, man. Telling you, it's good advice. Uh, so then it's time for poor Abel to tell his story. Blubberball. It's so sad. And he makes these little chibi versions of death and dreams. I really like the art in this one. They're so cute. Really, I fucking hated. Uh, I love the, the, the little Sandman or little 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 endless. Yes. Endless. And I like Abel being all like roundy faced and sad and his big eyes. And even like, little Chibi Kane is kind of adorable in a terrifying is. way. Yes, that's true. I, I like a little a uh, little Morpheus. His eyes are just black. <laughs> yes, I love the I love the bit where Abel says, "But the creator liked the sheep best because it was all funny and fluffy and white because it was warm steaming meat. It was a sacrifice, you idiot." <laughs> This is my story. Uh, So the bigger brother got upset and they started to fight. When they'd finished fighting, the little girl went over to them. She took little Abel by the hand. You're coming with me, she said. You're coming to play in my garden now. Oh. Oh. Interesting way to basically Am I the only one not totally charmed by this? You are because you're a monster. Yeah, you're a bad man. We all knew it already. It's fine. It took the chibis to get it out of you. Bird path. Um, have okay. I'm sorry, Natasha, but have y'all? Well, I've shown you this the that comic series I'm getting called Little Avengers versus Little X Men. <laughs> I don't think you have shown me that. Oh, it's adorable! It's all these little chibi like superheroes <laughs> fighting each other, and uh, and and that's what this like totally reminded me of. 
expansion and there's a food truck outside and everyone's lined up and then Daredevil is like, guys, where's the food? Signed. <laughs> um, so Abel got a lovely house and a letter of commission, but he was lonely. So Abel went up to Dream's big house. I'm lonely. Would you like a friend? Yes, please. Then go home. There's a nice surprise waiting for you. Abel went home, and you know what he found next to his house was another little house, and sitting in the garden was his brother Cain. And his brother Cain looks so happy in this little dream world that he's made up. I'm going to stay here forever, too, said Cain. Look, I've got a letter of commission as well. Hurrah, said Abel, and the two brothers hugged each other joyfully, and they lived next door from that day to this happily ever after. I like to take this one of two ways. One... Abel really did miss his brother Cain because he's just so sweet and like he kind of forgives him for being the worst. Or B, Morpheus is a dick. He's like, <laughs> what, are you lonely? Go home. See what happens. I feel like Abel like probably legitimately asked for a friend and Dream might have legitimately thought he was doing him a favor. Dream was like, wait, he murdered you? Oh, shit. Dude, I'm Dream's, sorry. But I wrote him that letter of commission. I cannot break that shit. And also, it's Morpheus, who is so proud. He does not want to admit to making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, they'll suss it out. No, I uh, I meant I meant for that. It's a lesson. Totally like Perhaps a life lesson you for you. think you are being treated unfairly? <laughs> no. No, sir. Um, okay. So, then, can I ask a dumb question? How true is all this biblical stuff? Are you the real Cain and Abel, the real Eve? Do you know, how does this all, dinosaurs, cavemen, blah, blah, blah. And then I, they, they, they pull a, a leaf out of Miles' book and say, oh, it's myth. And they don't explain anything. Uh, well, it was, he, first, Abel starts to be like, oh, this was an earth. Of the, and Cain, shut up. What's the point of having mysteries? Shut up. And uh, then... Eve decides to take. So wait, in this analogy, am I Cain and you're Abel Owen? Because that means I get to drown you in the birdbath. No. In this case, you get to smash his head in and set fire to the house. (laughs) With a red hot poker. Sweet. No. Um. Okay, so then Abel shouts out the window, Matthew. It's not a parliament or a trial. The rook in the middle of the field is a storyteller. It's telling the rest of them a story. And when it finishes, it finds out whether or not they liked the story it told. Ah! <laughs> ah! He's, mur- he's murdered brutally. <laughs> and then he's murdered and dra- dragged to the fireplace with his head put into the fire. That's lovely. And then uh, she- Danny's mother, whose name I've forgotten. What's her name? Lida. Lita. Hippolyta. That's it. Hippa. I do love Kane's little monologue here about mysteries, and he says, it's, I keep telling you as he's dragging his brother toward the fire, it's, it's the mystery that endures, not the explanation. A good mystery can last forever. The mysterious corpse has a magic all its own. Nobody really cares who done it. They'll peck you to pieces if you tell them, little brother. It's for your own good. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, then. It's your turn to make dinner. Take care of yourself. That's so sad. I'm sorry, Abel, but you're so adorable. Okay, last, Ramadan. Um, So Ramadan is about this heavenly city of Baghdad and the king who was uh, Al-Rashid. Arun Al-Rashid. And he's got all the ladies and and all all the the pretty boys. And all the boys. 
And he's, he's got, got white ladies. He's got black ladies. He's got Asian ladies. He's got brown ladies. He's got olives. He's got brownies. He's got everything. <laughs> he's, he's got, got mechanical robot ladies. He's got the bad guy from Aladdin. <laughs> Alchemist. He's got priests from the Christian faith that look at the venerate the dung of their leader, whom they call the Pope. I, there were men with the heads of animals, animals I, that spoke like men. I like how this is basically just one solid issue of Sandman-style MTV Cribs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, you're right, Vizier Jafar. Um, and then, and I really also do like the font in this a lot, too. Yeah. I like the whole art style in this. Yeah. It's very good. And... Yeah, issue. Like, to be the landmark issue, this was great. Yeah. Let's see. The, uh, Harun al-Rashid raised a poor beggar to the caliphate for a day of dreams. And then the great king witnessed the death of the hunchback and wondered at seven, at the stra- seven strangers who admitted his murder, though the poor fool had choked on a fish bone. I he's, talking about all, he's talking about all the things he used to do with when he had the vizier would just dress up as regular people and go witness shit. Oh. And all the, you know, he's basically he's basically saying one time they saw this guy f- choke on a fishbone and then seven guys are like, yeah, I killed that guy. That's so <laughs> weird. I think that's the point is that it's just like this really weird like. Uh, and it's really great because the art style is so there's a guy with his eyes bugged out. <laughs> And there are seven guys arguing amongst themselves and, and lamenting and being so overdramatic. Like, I killed him. No, it was I. No, I. And then the background is a literal, like, cartoon Tom and Jerry fish, like, dead fish bone. <laughs> With his X for eyes. He, yeah, I was going to say, he, he almost has X's for eyes. But he literally does. Does he? Yup. Oh, shit. <laughs> so. Um. He looks over his city and basically says that it basically realizes that it can't. It's you don't beat you don't beat this. It's yeah. incomparable. Um, and he's all depressed. And he's really it. sad. And his wife is like, "Let me fuck you and make you feel better." And he's like, "That's really sweet, but I don't feel like it." And she's like, "Let's well, go watch right. Netflix." <laughs> um, and then his uh, vizier comes and is like, let's have some storytellers and drink some food. And he's like, nah, man. It's Ramadan. It's... Just going to watch Netflix. Leave me. And uh, so then he, let's see. He's There's looking the... out upon his place, basically. Um, and the storyteller comes, word spinner. Um, so this is Netflix. This is Netflix. He's spitting. Okay. He's spinning out some mad words. <laughs> His fat words. Um, there we have seen the perfect city. There can be none like it. Their kings are then dissatisfied with their own small fiefs and domains, for they know they can never compare to Baghdad. This is so, but all things pass. Leave me. I need no poets. And he stood and gazed at the greatest city on earth. And he walked down through his palace, through the, uh, the, what do you call it? The harem. The harem, and that's the, the one. Torture I torture room. And, yeah. And, and the, the oubliettes. Weebolettes. Isn't it? Is it oubliettes? Oubliettes? I thought it was, was oubliettes, but I could be wrong. Oubliettes. It's oubliettes. It sounds completely made up. Um, <laughs> I've heard it spoken on a, like, on a program, so I assume that these people, and it was, it was a, program so i'm assuming they hired the right guy to date right it's so it's so funny 
Uh, so then he comes to a door, huge of black iron, opens it with a key of gold, goes down. And then there's another door of pearl, and then he goes down again, and he goes down, and it's basically like the Twelve Dancing Princesses, where yeah. he passes through all of the it, different It's worlds. like the intro to Dexter's Laboratory. He just has, like, a large success, or like in, uh, what's it called, uh, that spy show, Get Smart, <laughs> all the crazy oh, yeah. doors. Um, I love this bit, like, like, the three panels down here, where it says he threaded his way through the labyrinth, then eyes uh, hard closed, um, counting steps and half steps. Oh, uh, left and right in his head. Yeah, when the script is going all over the place, I love it. Yeah, that um, like scroll work thing is pretty cool looking. Yeah, um, that's cool. And then and yeah, then he... tiny little doorway, oh torches, giant gems. He has a Scrooge McDuck room. He does. Quack. I was thinking Alice in Wonderland. In room terms hung of the tiny with doorway. enchanted swords, not just swords, but they're enchanted. And ancient pendulums. Uh, <laughs> and another that contain nothing but eggs, which I would eat all those eggs. I'm very curious about that one. What are those eggs of? That's, are they dragon know, eggs? It's a lot of eggs. I'm guessing they're tasty. Mmm. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, here it is. Eggs of all shapes and sizes from vermilion eggs big as child's smallest fingernail to an egg larger than a man. The eggs of the rooks, the bird that nests on mountaintops and carries off bull elephants to feed its young. And dun, the dun, other dun. egg of the phoenix. Ugh. What hatches from the black egg, no one knows. It's doom. Okay, so then he opens the flaming door and there is a glass ball sitting on a satin pillow. And he picks up this ball and carries it back up to his room. And uh, he goes through this secret door and he stands on the rooftop of his palace. And there's a ton of galaxies and dreams and fireplaces and shooting stars and drama. And, um, <laughs> and there was a sound, a whisper of the wind, the deep last call of a night bird in the desert. And he is about to turn around and go inside. Uh, well, hold on, you don't. You didn't see say what he says. In he my said, hands, I hold the globe of Suleiman Ben Daoud. Before that, he's summoning the dream. Yeah, he is. Oh right. Well, I just kind of like I thought that was inferred, but you know. <laughs> Like, of course, he's standing out there with this giant ball under the galaxies at night. Of course, right. he's something Everyone green, but... knows oh. the dream loves him some giant balls under the stars. He loves balls. Loves them. It's his favorite. Um, anyway, he's trying to summon dream, and he's doing it by threatening to unleash all the, all the demons contained in this orb, right? Yes. And I love that dream is just like, whatever. Unleash them. Don't <laughs> you fucking pain in the ass. So he throws it, they come out screaming and smiling and yelling, and then Dream just grabs the orb, and they're all back in there again, and he's like, I'm here, I feel, what? I feel like what we're seeing is like them like coming from the center of the orb, like, oh shit, it's time, it's time, motherfucker, you know what yep. I mean? So they're still inside, but they're just coming closer to the surface as yeah. they prepare to be released. Oh, okay. I thought that he threw it, that they were coming out. And then Dream grabbed it, and it basically, like, reassembled itself and came back together. I don't think but so. But I guess I Dream just caught it. I think he just catches it. Also, okay. I think what's very important to take away from this is Dream's robes look awesome. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So true. 
Dream's robes a, a, are basically a, ma- um, a a weaponized rune of holding or bag of holding in D and D. Come on, I'm, you guys I'm play really, candy, right? They make me think Absolutely. of Quasar's cape. I'm Just really like into a... Muslim Dream. I gotta say, Mo- um, Morpheus the Muslim. I'm yeah, into it. I wish that like I don't know who this artist is in particular, but I wish they would have stayed on the book the entire time. Yeah, because uh, this, this is amazing. Also, this like half frame of Dream's face looks really great there too. Yeah, like the panel, yeah. the yeah. panel layouts are very like inventive. It, it this might be the best looking issue so far. Um, it could be. Well, the lines are very well defined. The art doesn't feel like it's rushed, you know. And it I mean, was a uh, look at all the P- artwork. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say P. Craig Russell apparently was the uh, the artist on this. P. Craig I Russell. Like I, I feel like I've heard that name before. Um, so Dream is not happy with being summoned. He thinks that's shitty. He takes the orb, puts it in his robe, and uh, and. This is when he says, "You called me here. It is unwise to summon what you cannot dismiss." And that's a good line. He's like, "Are you yeah. threatening me?" And I'm like, "Dude, he's fucking dream. He doesn't need to threaten you. He <laughs> could you, literally you make you disappear." Robes? Right? <laughs> they are so sparkly. I also love the bit where uh, he offers him wine. He offers Dream wine, and Dream's like, "Dude, it's Ramadan." Oh, yeah, I like that he reminds and, him that. And he's like, wait, but are you of the faith? And he's like, I am of all faiths. Yep. So, yeah, it's yeah. Ramadan, motherfucker. I am faith. I am the holiest man alive. <laughs> um. Okay, so then he says that I want to make a bargain. We're bargaining in the palace of the leader of the faithful. Bargains are the business of the souk, the marketplace. Perhaps they are. Well, then, let us take ourselves to the marketplace. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so that's going to change things. Um, so he opens a casket that his father had left him of sandalwood and laid with strange designs. He opens uh, a carpet and they jump onto it and ride out into the city, into the marketplace. I yeah. want to note that when he, um, he, it mentions that the carpet, um, basically when he summons the mat, basically when he, uh, says the words to make the carpet fly mm-hmm. it's scribbled in what looks like i'm from what i've seen it looks like um persian calligraphy you know like flowy okay. j's so i don't i'm pretty sure it's not a real word in ancient persian but it does look like the sim- like so it doesn't look like it's just gibberish okay I yeah can- yeah it looks like he says a word three times the same word but yeah i have no idea like Arabic, Persian, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between those if they were in front of me, I don't think. That one definitely looks like Persian because it's more, um, Persian looks more J. There's a lot of J's and it looks very, like, flowy. Arabic is more, like, it's a Jagged. little bit when you see it written out. Okay. When you see them, when you see them put together side by side, like, because Farsi is modern Persian, when you see Farsi, like, the Farsi characters next to the Arabic characters, you can tell which is which. Okay. Mm, interesting. Um, so they go out into the marketplace and... People are trying to sell them stuff, uh, spices and monies and fine wines and honey, sorry. And then there's a woman who's a slave who's got a big, long monkey tail and horse head. And I don't know what's happening there. (laughs) What? (laughs) This woman. I know. I'm sorry. I I didn't get to finish this. And that's so weird. Like... You see what I'm saying, right? Oh, I see it. I just what is she doing there? No, it's, it's like a. It looks like a marsupial. She looks like a marsupial human hybrid. She kind of reminds me of um, 
Miles and Owen will get this. I'll have to I thought you were saying she kind of reminds me of Miles and Owen. Because <laughs> oh, no. they're marsupial human no. hybrids. No, I'm a marsupial. <laughs> Miles is a human. And if we have a love child together, which we will, <laughs> it, it will certainly like this, will. It will look like this lady. <laughs> oh, God. This is, this is the no. Baghdad that never was, right? This is like the magical Baghdad that never really existed. So. Yeah. So it's a Final Fantasy world. It, this is a JRPG, basically. That's right. <laughs> um, so somebody comes out and is like, tells this long story about he's a thief and a liar and blah, 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 blah. And his words oh, like it all tiny. Funny, the what? Was, the, the story, though, was pretty ridiculous. He was saying, like, I know this guy's a liar because he's so. He's so told me but that he sold me uh an ass not not an ass but you know like a donkey and he uh, <laughs> later said ass. that this is a woman who was ensorcelled by her jealous sister so i need to buy it back from you yes <laughs> i love the story he's like god guys you're so easily taken in don't you realize that this is really somebody who's been enchanted by her evil sister <laughs> what are the yelp reviews for this guy <laughs> so then the sultan is like oh, i'm gonna buy these grapes and they go and argue about grape prices. These and then... grapes, each perfect globe, so fine that were it made into wine, it would only be suitable for our caliph himself. Boom. And, those grapes, uh, yes. Yeah, those grapes. And he offers one to Dream, who's like, fucking Ramadan, hello, we talked about this already. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's miracles, but buy it from me. And Dream arches and eyebrow best response ever look at that babe look at that eyebrow <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like alan rickman eyebrow action that is seriously like he is about to ask if you know what the rock is cooking. I, I was just about to make that joke do you know what oh did you guys hear the rumors cooking? that Dwayne the rock johnson is going to play sandman in the uh <laughs> <laughs> you're full of shit <laughs> Oh, God, I want that to be true. I should have said smell what The Rock is cooking. I'm a horrible wrestling fan. Oh, God. Ugh. Um, okay, so I have no desire to be king of any mortal land. He's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to be king. I just want you to keep it, to buy it and keep it. Um, so this is as good as it's going to be, isn't it? And Dream it's replies, like, yeah, maybe so. And uh, I, w I submit that you purchase it from me. Take it into dreams. And in exchange, in exchange, I want it never to die, to live forever. Can you do this thing? And dream looks sad and then says, after a fashion, I can. What, ha what needs to happen to make it so? Is there some spell? Is there a quest I must go on? Is there some grand deed? He says, no, all you need to do is tell your people. They follow you, after all, and yours is the dream. And he says, very well. Hear me, my people. I, your caliph, Harun al-Rashid of the Hashimi bloodline, proclaim on this day, in this place, that I have given the golden age of Baghdad of Araby to this one who stands by my side. It is his forever, providing that as long as mankind lasts, our world is not forgotten. And then the magic carpet crashes into the sand in the most tragic way and the caliph wakes up in the marketplace on this sad little carpet and they were like we've been looking for you for so long and the whole place looks like way crappier and shittier than it did yeah and uh and 
he sees dream what's that you carry and he says it's a city in a bottle it was not constructed it was given to me and it is no longer for sale and it's all of the awesomeness of baghdad in a tiny little bottle and, he and that looks is so how sad. they say that it occurred it is very beautiful yes sire we must return to the palace Yes, Ms. Roar, and he goes away, and Dream watches him holding Baghdad, and that is how they say that it occurred. But that's so sad. And then they go to Baghdad, and it's like all barbed wire and shit. But what happened to Harun al-Rashid? There's this little boy. Hold on, little one. Do you have another coin? No. Any more cigarettes? No. Then I think I've told you enough. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Um... Hassan stumbles homeward, picking his way in a series of child's shortcuts along the bomb sites and the rubble of Baghdad. And though his stomach hurts for fasting is easy this Ramadan and food is hard to come by, his head is held high and his eyes are bright. For behind his eyes are towers and jewels and gin and carpets and rings and wild afreets, kings and princes and cities of brass. And he prays as he walks, cursing his one weak leg the while, prays to Allah, who made all things, that somewhere in the darkness of dreams abides the other Baghdad that can never die and the other egg of the phoenix. But Allah alone knows all. Well, Allah and us. Because we've, we've seen it before. Um, so that is, that is the Ramadan story. And I've always actually, I really liked that because when I was younger and I would read about, um, you know, the thousand and one nights was one of my favorites when I was little. Sure. That if I was like, but they always say this is Baghdad, but Baghdad doesn't sound like it was ever like this. (laughs) And as a little kid, I just never really understood. And now I'm like, oh, sweet. Sweet child, sweet, sweet summer, summer child. child. Yeah, but we we saw this uh, this bottle with a city in it in an earlier volume. We did. Uh, yeah. When? Yeah. Do you remember when the we saw the Corinthian skull? When? Uh, oh Dream... yeah, and it's sitting next to his skull. Yeah. Yeah. When Dream puts his azel away in that little box of stuff. Yes, I forgot about yeah, that. It's in there. Um. All right. Cool. Well, I only have one new Bandcamp subscriber, and I'm not sure that they read this or they listen to this. Uh, Lyra has just subscribed to Harry Potter on Bandcamp. Lyra, if you're listening, Harry Potter is going to be gone for a little bit, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to let you know I've written it on there, but sometimes people don't read that. So, but hello, Lyra, and that's the Hi. only one I've got for this week. Hello, hello. Um, all right. Do you guys want to uh, plug or do anything? Oh, I want to plug something. Okay. I Weirdo. discovered a pretty sweet new podcast called Smash Fiction. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's got kind of like they, they they take two separate pop culture uh, characters or you know entities and pit them against each other. Like the first episode was. Uh, the Predator is trying to kill John Connor, and John Connor is being protected by the Terminator, by the T-800, um, which obviously the Predator would win. But the uh, obviously the, the, the panel uh, ruled in favor of the Terminator, perhaps, judge. perhaps judge. Yeah. somewhat foolishly. But nevertheless, <laughs> it is a, it's an awesome new podcast that you should check out. And oh, what's this? Uh, my, it would appear that Miles Sch- Schneiderman is uh is one of the people on that show so you should what do you know check it out it's pretty i'm glad you're enjoying that show and thank it, you for the plug it's very fun i need to i've got a bunch of ideas that i need to submit 
because uh, it's a thing where you can kind of write in if you have cool ideas for people yeah. who should fight. Yeah. Uh, I I hope everyone checks it out. It's been super fun. The new episode just went up uh, this past weekend. It was Samus Aran from Metroid versus Master Chief from Halo in a race to run through a space station and kill the Alien Queen. So we got a little bit more uh, uh, more confusing. <laughs> that it, it, it's it's got to be Samus, right? I mean, she can she can uh, do sweet somersaults. You have to listen to Sweet find out, summer song. You have to listen to find out. Uh, I was the judge on that one, and our next episode is Gandalf versus Dumbledore. So for all you Harry oh, Potter nice. fans out there, dun, yeah. Dun. Um, um, say though, Miles, that also the Godzilla versus Power Rangers was really great. And that was really fun. And I can I just say that you definitely improved my date that evening. So thank you, Smash. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. I can, I can attest. I got laid thanks to Smash Fiction. Boom! Oh, awesome. And thank, thank you for reviewing us on iTunes, Anton. And if anyone oh, yeah. else... Uh, yeah, I need to get around to that. To that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, whatever. But, uh, my date kept on yelling, Godzilla, Sky, Sky what is it? Uh, dropkick. Drop, Godzilla, dropkick. <laughs> While you were having sex? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Awkward oh. sex. Anyway, oh. uh, do you have anything to plug, Miles? You go first. Yeah, um, TowerOfTheHand.com uh, for all you Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire nerds out there where I write under the pen name of Ghost Love Singer. Uh, also, I uh, just had my uh, my first truly original piece um, that I'm very proud of go up on YesMagazine.org. It's about the Hugo Awards, and it's getting a lot of attention right now. Um, <laughs> some more welcome than others, but... Uh, if any of you uh, want to check that out, it's online, yesmagazine.org. And if any of you are going to be in Spokane this weekend for Worldcon, I will be there covering the Hugos. So Looking um, hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter, at MJ Schneiderman, and uh, I don't know, maybe we can hang out get together sometime or something like that. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be in uh, in Spokane, my first Worldcon. I'm super excited about that. So yeah, dude. It's great. Whee! Also, listen to Smash Fiction. Smash Fiction. You need a. I. You know what? Screw you. I need a fucking jingle. Unspoiled. Unspoiled. You just gave me one, like impromptu. It's, it's the pod. The pod with the magic cast. <laughs> a spider's cast. <laughs> okay, Anton. What do you got going on? <laughs> um, you guys love comic books. I've been reviewing Netflix's Daredevil on. Um, projectfandom.com and this um fall i will also be covering fox's lucifer which is based off of the um lucifer character in the sandman uh series that we've been covering also the abc's muppets show which is going to be great because i am such a i i'm sorry i'm such a miss piggy fan i I love miss piggy piggy and her karate chops and her crazy she's my hero she is my hero too Yes, I do go through life karate chopping things. I was always more of a count kind of guy. I've <laughs> 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 um, also noticed I've ended up dating guys that are more like Kermit, which explains so much. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not easy being green. <laughs> I think Owen's more like animal. Ah! <laughs> as long as nobody ends up dating the Swedish chef, I think we're fine. There you go. Dork. 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 Um, I, Miles also... is obviously Oscar the Grouch. Oh my god! 
<laughs> you know no, he's he's too snooty. Oscar's not snooty enough. He's more like uh, snooty. Yeah, Sno- snooty, really. Yeah, you're one of those old men in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the old guys. To be fair, guy. I'm probably also one of the guy, the old guys in the rafters, <laughs> so we can I'm hang just, out and be bros. I'll, I'll just take Elmo and get it over with. <laughs> you're not Elmo. You're nothing like what? Elmo. If you're Elmo, Natasha's Grover. I think Alan is Elmo. <laughs> who's Rashawn? Oh, who is Rashawn? Snuffleupagus. Rashawn is super regal. Regal. Yeah. So she'd be the the eagle. Ooh. The, the guy who's she's like... not. She's not. She's not that patriotic. Though. No. She, she's not I like just... a. That's who I thought of immediately. I don't know though. She's I feel like I've. She's Snuffleupagus, man. I'm telling you. I don't remember what Snuffleupagus He's is like. He's like an elephant. I know what he looks like, but I don't remember his personality. I've never actually... Well, every... listeners, it's your assignment to having this conversation. give us each a you little know, bit to be. Sean just be like, I'm Janice, guys, okay? I thought about Janice, and then I was like, but she's got dreads, and is that just me being stereotypical? Yeah, you're being super insensitive right now. I feel like, like I am. Being a racist but... American. I'm, I'm glad Rashawn probably hasn't made it to the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rashawn, I love you. We love you, Rashawn. <laughs> Neither has anyone else. Uh, all I, right. I'm sorry, we interrupted Anton's plug. Did you have anything oh, else? No, I'm, I'm actually, I was done. Um, okay. Other than the fact that I enjoy my um, stay here as a vassal of Unspoiled. Yay! As do we all. Yeah, we and, enjoy uh, you being here, Anton. Uh, to the extent that we've even talked about uh, spinoff podcasts recently. Oh, that's so. true, but we, we probably shouldn't <laughs> talk too much about that. What, did you not tell Natasha about that? Oh, no, I did. All right. It's just uh, with what we have going on right now with Rashawn being gone, that is not a possibility in the near future. Yeah, I was just gonna say. No, like, no, no, totally. I would, I would love to do that, but probably not until uh, we've got a uh, Natasha and I have a couple of uh, kind of mini projects going on right now. Dude, I'm so, saying I got so much going on right now. Mister Norrell, Strange, Strange and Norrell. <laughs> Jonathan Strange, Mister Norrell, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, and I have Gianni never Norrell. seen the show, and I know what it's called better than you. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, Owen and I are doing Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, the BBC series, and we are doing uh, His Dark Materials, The Golden Compass. Whose Dark Materials? His. His Dark Materials. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> his Dark Zo Materials. <laughs> God, that would be so boring. <laughs> Have you tried the figs? They're really, they're quite choice. <laughs> his Dark's Dark Materials, figs, locusts, and puppies. Mm. And uh, also, obviously, uh, doing the Hannibal series with Alan still. And Alan is awesome. Alan is an awesome awesome. dude. I'm really enjoying Hannibal so much, so, so much. And the fact that not enough people watch it makes me angry, and everybody should do that. She's glaring pointedly at me. Because I've only listened to, uh, I've only watched two episodes. It's ridiculous. Is that like a show or something? It's so good. Yeah. In the second season, I thought like the first season, I was like, oh, are they not going to be able to keep this up? The second season's better than the first season, which kills me. Miles, if you haven't seen the show, it's about a man with all these elephants, and he's crossing the mountains, oh. and he's going to fight the Romans. It's oh, really good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. And Alan knows I'm, a I'm lot in. about ancient Rome, so it's really good. I gotta watch that and Daredevil still, so you yeah, I got do. my work cut out for me. Anyway, this has been the longest outro in history. Anyway, thanks everybody so much for listening, and we will see you next week with a new volume. Bye. Yeah, I, saw, I saw I saw somebody last week once, next week <laughs> once, whatever.
Bye. <laughs> you fucked that shit up. Uh-huh. You fucked up. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Please turn up.